should be good here. What up, YouTube? Oh, man, we already got the the thumbs up. We got 55 thumbs up already. I know I shouldn't be saying the numbers. What's good, Coop? How you doing on this wonderful Wednesday? Thankful. Blessed to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are in here. Shout out to everybody coming in the room. People are coming in the room early because we're actually on time. You know? <laughs> Get used to the five well, o'clock spot. You know, we want to, um, you know, because last week we were dealing with issues with YouTube uh, sending you guys notifications. So Coop and I were talking, and we want to make sure that every Wednesday, every Friday, we have a consistent time of five o'clock. So you can expect us to be here on those two days on YouTube, that is. And shout out to our yeah. Monday Patreon folks. Yeah, uh, you know, there's been a. It's been some situations and circumstances with YouTube not sending out our notifications, but the best thing that we can do is take matters into our own hands and just pull up at a certain time when we say we're going to pull up and be consistent. So that's what we're going to do. All right, definitely. Um, I want to make sure that we don't have any delays or any sound issues because we got a real big show. I just said the notifications are out, so great. Um, but either way, we'll make sure that we have everything in position where people will know when we're going to be here. What's oh, up, Mike, I do have one shout-out to do. Go ahead. My cousin, AJ in Charlotte, him and his wife, Desiree, remember the wedding on the boat when I did the show from the boat? Yeah, way back. Yeah, yeah. their child was born today. Well, congratulations to them. Yeah, Avery Desir, born October 19th. So we got another Libra in the family. Both AJ and I are Libras. I used to babysit AJ when he was a kid. His mom is my grandfather's first grandchild. I'm the fifth, so that's big cousin's son having a kid. So just shout out and blessings to my family back home in Charlotte and, you know, West Boulevard, Babies Ford, the whole West Side. Another life is always a blessing, man. Yo, man, we got yes. people coming in here early. You know what I'm saying? Um, Let's get the word. Just in case you, heard, you haven't heard, we got a release date for KD3 from Nas and Hit Boy. And Coop, Coop Stradamus, as they are calling him, no relation to Nostradamus, predicted this uh, this release date to a T. It might have been maybe about four or five episodes back. I don't remember how it came about, but I think I asked you if you had any predictions of when this album would come out. And what did you tell the people? Do you remember what you said specifically? Yes, I do, because <clears throat> I said he's playing chess, and what Magic has really done is enabled him to wait for everybody to empty their clip, and he can just wait. And so, you know, records like the Benny and the Conway and the J.I.D. and Earth Gang and Che and Ransom and Freddie and Thought and, you know, Liz to Friday, Westside following Friday, like it's all going to come and go. And, you know, greatest MC of all time is left standing there with this very brief window to strike before the holiday madness starts. And when I looked at the dates, I mean, I literally pulled up the camera. I mean, I pulled up my phone and the camera live, like when we were doing this and was just like, well, if he's not going to, if he's going to drop it this year, 11, 11, 22, is going to be the best date because it's going to be clear and it's going to be right before that madness and he'll have appropriate time to promote off of tour because I told you the way these cycles work now, you only really need four to five weeks. 
You know what I mean? And I remember asking you if that was a Friday, and I think you said, yeah. And I was like, uh. Yeah, and also, too, I bought up, well, well, let me bring up the other side of it, too. I I, I mean, I'm a thinker, Mike, so I looked at the numbers. So for those of you that don't know, I mean, based on the original Pythagorean theorem on mathematics, the number three and the number four coming together represents the spiritual and the physical coming together, three being the physical and four being the spiritual. It's KD3 in the physical form. The day lines up one, 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 four, seven. Mm. CJ right. Kidd with the Super Chat says, God bless you guys as usual. Uh, where are we starting so I can Super Chat accordingly? Um, well, Mike, shout <laughs> <laughs> out to CJ. Like, we appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. Appreciate you for keeping us going. But no, Mike, I just looked at it like on a thinker's level and I looked at it like a businessman. And I was being a little shady, like with the whole 22 twos and 44 fours things. But, you know, the numbers are there on that, too. But when I was looking at it, I was thinking, oh, no, KD3, 11, 11, 11, 3 and 4. You know, like, you know, the day on the calendar is spiritual. You know what I mean? And the, the physical copy of KD3 is coming that day. That's 3 and 4 together. That's 7, you know. Blue Collar Hustle with the Super Chat says, are you guys familiar with, um, uh, what is it, Coley? Uh, you've got fans on the site. Uh, the review you did for Magic and the takedown of Pitchfork's review was well received. No, we're not familiar with that, but we appreciate the love and everywhere right. it's coming from. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, Coop and I, we have these conversations privately, and I think that the way this whole podcast started was is us being on the phone having these conversations and we knew we weren't the only people who felt this way so we figured that we would put it on a grand stage and hopefully you know other hip-hop heads would feel the way that we felt about how things were going and yeah here we are uh fantasy 731 with the super chat says how can the people help with uh getting Nas and hip boy on according to hip-hop for an interview well no hold on let's not Okay, so we're going to discuss some things today. And that's we'll talk about and, and all I, that and I, stuff. I pulled up on Twitter today and asked everybody to pull up, and I never do that because I'm not that guy. I'm really not. But but today is important, and so I don't – I mean, you want to know what? Of course it would be a blessing and be favorable for us to have them on. But let's unpack the things that we need to unpack today based on the source that I've been talking to for the last few days and the information that I've received. Let's unpack these things first and kind of make the music the thing because mm. that's what we're here for, you know? Yep. And so there's a lot of things that we need to say today. And not only here for of... the music, but here to support the music too. Well, I mean, well, that's part of one of the things we're going to be unpacking. Like this is going to be, a, 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 that we're going to be talk, talking about, you know, the media aspect in this, the fan aspect in this, the musical aspect of this, the Illmatic aspect of this, there are some things that need to be said because I've gotten some information from a very reliable source on some things. And so, you know, we're going to get to that. I know first we need to get the ice cube before we do that, Mike, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, but 
one of my smoke detectors upstairs has been like beeping on and off. And I'm just like really about to rip the cord and the wire out of it, quite <laughs> frankly, because it's ruining my life. But I need to go hit the button. Do what so you got to do. Do what you got to do. I'm going to get to some of these super chats. Yeah. I'm going to get to the super chats. Andrew Green with the super chat says a few things. Kudos to Coop on the prediction. Can't wait for KD3 to drop. Mike, you was wrong trolling M on his birthday. Uh, you thought you was uh, Nas December 4th, 2001. I wasn't trolling. I was just playing his music. Um, I actually saw 50 Cent's interview on Hot 9-7 today. And he said a lot of things about M's legacy that I thought were really important. Um, I think that him talking about M being able to gravitate certain audiences to hip-hop, I think is a valid thing. Um, and not to mention, obviously, he opened up the doors for, you know, G-Unit and Shea 45 and those type of things. So, you know, he's he's made his impact. Happy uh, 50th birthday to Eminem. Uh, 36 Chambers with the Super Chat says, great verses on Patreon this week, y'all. Any thoughts on what you guys may do next for that format? Also, do you think KD3 will be better than Magic? I think I got whooped up on that uh, versus this week. I don't. I didn't even take score. I'll go back and take the score, but I'm pretty sure I was losing. For the people that um, weren't a part of that, Coop had Havoc. I had Just Blaze. And I realized that Just Blaze discography is very top-heavy. And once you start running 20 deep, you kind of start grasping a little bit. But, you know, I gave it a valid effort, I think. And I think we said we were going to do Ice Cube and Face next, right? We are. I was about to say, I'm probably most excited about this one. I mean, you're taking Ice Cube, who we're about to talk about briefly in a moment. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Face, who you know is like personal, personal favorite of mine. Big fan of Face, always have been. I was raised to love Face, you know what I'm saying, by yeah, my cousin. Yeah, Yeah. But um, I'm most excited about it because... I think it, I think Ice Cube would probably be the favorite, but I love having to dig through Faces catalog and find the songs that really hit you and affect you because I mm -hmm. think only Tupac has those songs, I like think, as many of those songs. They I can think that's where you. we're going to be going with the approach of this. You know what I mean? At least yeah. for me, I'm not. You're probably not going to hear we be clubbing. I mean, that doesn't play well up against you know Scarface. As much as I love the record, it just doesn't. You know, I and, and Cube got those records, man. Like, I've been listening to Cube all week, really. You know, and you listen to stuff like True to the Game. Right. That's what, totally. you know, nigga, you, you know how I hate. feel about a bird in hand, Mike. You know how I feel about that. That shit crazy. Uh, Kenneth Palmer with the Super Chat says, did you hear 50 Cent on Hot 97's interview this week? He gave Nas crazy love on the interview. Very humble hearing a man like him open up like that. I just watched that, actually. And he said Nas is the guy. And well, he is. Because I watched the Cormega interview and I'm gonna get to that. Did you and, see and the 50 of, interview on Hot 97 though? No, because I was yeah. watching the Mega interview. I had to pick, and since Mega's the one with product out and has the Nas feature out, I'm like, ah, uh, and is the one that actually like grew up next to Nas. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm gonna watch the Mega instead of the 50, because that was the way my time was set up between yeah. You know what I've been doing behind the scenes and taking notes and pulling this together and, you know, being well, a father. Well, 50, was, blah, talk blah, blah, blah. 50 was talking a lot about film and those things, which I, he had really great stuff to say and great dialogue and real uh, insightful things as far as the film industry goes and where he's at with it. But, yeah, they ended up talking about Nas and he just said, you know, Nas is the greatest ever. Like, it's like when we were all out here 
in the streets trying to put it together like he was on the music. He's the artist. So well, that's funny. That's what Mega kind of said in a different way. We're kind of going to get to that. But part of what I want to talk about today is that part of what makes him the greatest of all time that people really aren't heralding or talking about is look at how many people he's responsible for, Mike. Oh, yeah. Like, he did bring us 50. Who, who bought Noriega in our face when Capone got locked up after the war report? No. You feel me? No, you're who right. Who gave us Cormega when Mega got out of jail? For real, who gave Mob Deep their, their first big feature on the infamous? Can't forget AZ. Mike, AZ, yeah. nature. Yeah. Like, I mean, in a lot of ways, <laughs> Fox. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Listen to what I'm saying. Like, listen to what I'm saying. Hold on, let me get to some of these Super Chats so we can get into the Cube thing and then we can get into <laughs> this KD thing. Justin Jones with the Super Chat says, how do y'all feel about KD3 being announced weeks in advance as opposed to surprise release like Magic? Nas and Hit Boy must be confident with the music. I think you have some insight to that, too. Right. Well, we're going to we'll, talk about We'll get that to all too. of that. No, this is, this is called... No, we're going to get the ice cube. We're going to get to that because you know what, Mike? I have my notes on this organized and we're going to start talking about Illmatic and Magic first before we even talk KD3 because we need to get some shit out the way and get some things settled. You know, because it's like, you know, you know what your greatest, you know, what your greatest feature is can end up hurting you the most. But we as the populace on the media side and the fan base side that's pulling up today. Oh, we can all help that situation infinitely you know andrew agreeing the with, still with the people andrew agreeing with another 20 dollars super chat we really really appreciate it said by the way coop won the verses on the patreon in my opinion 11 to 9 uh that's actually what the score was on the with the voting too said just blaze is one of my favorites ever but havoc makes the hoodie season and tim's music Perfect for this cold weather. Imagine if Just Blaze produced Jay Electronica and Jay-Z's album, though. Yeah, that would have been a good look. CJ Kid with the Super Chat says, If we're starting on the Nas, uh, good. Coop, get ready to finish off some verses to uh, celebrate Nas today. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and CJ Kid also says, Coop prediction came true. But do you think that uh, your other prediction of Raekwon being on KD3 is going to come true also? For a two for two victory lap, I think Raekwon could be on there. What do you think? I mean, I think he just got off tour with Wu Tang Clan and Buster Rhymes. Yeah, man, man with the super so, chat says, "Love them both, but Cube over Face." You know how we do it. Love that record too. Uh, I mean, Marquez I mean, Davis. I mean, either way, you're not going wrong. You're not going wrong. Two, <laughs> Marquez Davis with the super chat says. Uh, appreciate the $20 Super Chat as well. He says, I'm still baffled that Jay-Z is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Nas isn't. Jay-Z is in the Songwriting Hall of Fame and Nas isn't. I love Jay, but Nas needs to be in there too. We need to appreciate what he is doing. Yes, that comes down to the fans, and I think we're so, going to talk about that as well. Oz P, and I'm almost done with well. the Super Chat. No, no, no. We got to stop right there, though, okay. because this is one of the things. Okay, so this is one of the first pieces of information from the source. Marquise, you, uh, you, you frequent this show because I've seen you. Thank you for the super chats, for the support, and for the love. We, as in the contingency that believes Nas is the greatest MC of all time. Okay, this is coming from the source. Like, if you feel this way about this man, you have to stop talking about Jay when you talk about Nas in order for this to work 
But because of how the media has handled this, anytime you put both of them in the same conversation, in the same sphere, media-wise, that's a win for Jay and a detraction for Nas. That makes sense. And and you want to know what because it's we don't do it the other way around. It's kind of like we don't do it the other way yeah. around. And you know who brought this to our attention first? We got to shout out one of our most faithful followers, Leroy Green, who called us out one day and pulled up on the show and was like, "Yo, Coop, tell the people in the chat that y'all don't have to compare him to him. Nas can stand on his own. He's Nas." And, and 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 that's coming from somebody who is a bigger J fan saying that. And so I appreciate Marquise's super chat, and we're going to get into it a little bit further. But that's part of what the problem is that needs to stop. Oz P with the super chat says, um, "What's your listening routine when Nas drops, guys? Do you listen to it in the car, in a chair with a wine and cigar? How we doing it?" Well, I knew immediately when I put on KD two that I might need to like. Pull up the cigar for this one. Pour up a glass I mean, of wine for this one. How about this? About eight times out of ten, I listen to it upstairs in my room in my headphones. You know what I'm saying? But if it's like what I feel like it might be that lick, I come down here, Mike, and I go into my wine fridge and I do crack open a glass of wine and I sit in this chair and like I vibe out and like I keep cigars down here and all that. So that's true. So it depends on really what I hear from the album. I'll tell you this. I haven't been down here this year about an album that I feel like I'm about to be. Mm. Album of the year, possibly. Uh, KC1 with a super I mean, chat. It was my pick for album of the year before all of this started. It Freddy was your was prediction. But I picked KD3 as album of the year. And yes, I still do believe it's about to be album of the year. I ain't been down here all year at midnight. Mm. KC1 with the super chat says Prodigy's verse on Apostle Warning is top five. Very underrated. And how about the posse cut? Nas, Prodigy, Scarface, DMX, and Beanie. Oh, I got a, we got a $50 super chat here. Appreciate that, my mere thoughts. He says, The King. Has returned. Oh man, this is gonna be hype, man. Um, let's get to this ice cube thing real quick. And uh Shyster 30 says, Much love and respect to you both. Same to you guys, man. We love y'all in the Peace chat. And well, thank uh, you, we're about to give y'all a great show. All right. Well, shout out to Ice Cube becoming the first black owner of uh Sports League. Isn't that how it was reported? I don't want to report anything wrong. Hold on, let me um, see. No, let's just say this. No, I think this is how it was reported. The Big Three has officially become the first black-owned sports league. Let's put it that way. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure there are other people involved. I think Clyde Drexler is actually the commissioner. I love that. That's awesome, man. And, you know, in these times, you know, I've always wondered, like, how do we have all the athletes and all of the ones that are driving, especially in basketball, driving the interest to a sport and we don't have any ownership in it. The only owner in all of pro sports, and that's everything included, is the greatest basketball player ever. And I think we've talked Mike, about this. He on, might be the greatest sports player ever. Like you're, right. you're not even contextualizing you're right. You're right. it properly. Right. It's you're right. Michael Jordan. I, I'm shortchanging Jordan. Ever. You're right. You're right. I'm shortchanging Jordan. And then we talked about this on the show before, how that, actually transpired 
was Bob Johnson had to sell BET for a billion dollars, create his own team in Charlotte, North Carolina, and basically sell the team to Michael Jordan. That's how he became the only owner in pro sports. This is Michael Jordan. This is Michael Nobody Jordan. in any ownership position in sports would sell Michael Jordan their team. The Wizards no, lied I, to him. Let's frame this properly. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of minority stakeholders now who are minorities. Right, 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 right. But as far as being the majority owner, yes. Yes. Michael so, Jordan. So this is a big so, deal. I love what the big three does, by the way. I think that it's an ingenious concept. I don't know if you ever been to uh, LA Fitness and go out there and there's guys who used to play on a high level that are just, you know, a little bit older. Nigga, they could still play. Like, seven feet is still seven feet. 6'11 so, is still 6'11. <laughs> so, Mike, you don't even, Mike, it ain't even a 6'11 thing. I told you about the time I went and hooped with some of the homies and Glenn Robinson pulled up and started busting threes from half court. Yeah. And talking shoot the all. Like, and I don't mean like one or two times Big Dog pulled up. No, I mean he came up the court about seven or eight times in a row from half court and drained. So from an entertaining purpose, I mean perspective, excuse me. The big three is extremely entertaining. I, have you watched some of them games? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know what my time looks like, Mike, and most of my free time is dedicated to this, obviously, but when I can breathe on it, you know, I get to it. Yeah, man. There's some really good games in big three. I mean, Joe Johnson went out there. He was kicking ass so much that he got called back up to the NBA to do something real quick. And so well, I, wanna... I think it's an ingenious idea, and I'm glad that it's being executed properly, and I'm glad that it's continuing to grow. Well, it's great. I actually want to quote Ice Cube because I love this. When I got bused to school, homies called me a sellout. Now, let's pause because I know a little bit of the backstory about this. You, I mean, everybody knows where Ice Cube is from. A lot of people don't know Ice Cube got bused to Woodland Hills High School. Mike, Woodland Hills is the valley. I know Woodland Hills is the Valley because when I was making my first solo album, Obi moved to Woodland Hills in the middle of our recording sessions. And I had to finish my recording sessions with him before I came back to Atlanta in Woodland Hills. And when I got up there, I was like, what the fuck is this? He's like, this is the Valley, Coop. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you got me out <laughs> here with these. I'm like, OK, <laughs> dude, you know. So he's getting bust from the hood to the valley. So when he's talking about being labeled a sellout by the neighborhood, I'm think Woodland Hills might have been like an art school or something if if memory serves. He said, "When I started rapping in 1983, bangers called me a sellout. <laughs> when I left NWA, they called me a sellout. When I started doing movies, rappers called me a sellout. When I started my own league, the arena said it was a sellout. <laughs> hey. You know, you got to trust yourself, man. Find, like. You got to trust yourself. And I think that all of the, the visionaries, and, and Cube is clearly a visionary, from a musical perspective, um, even with this league and from what he's done in film, Cube is a visionary. And visionaries have to trust themselves because... The reason why you're a visionary is because no one's going to understand anything that you're talking about until you actually do it. You got to trust yourself. I think that's an issue that Kanye has too. Or yay, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about him later on. But I and I and I'm going to say this in short. 
If Ye listened to everybody tell him what he shouldn't do, he wouldn't be anywhere. He would be a producer who used to make sped up samples. And they probably told him not to do that, too. Well, let me tell you something, Mike. <laughs> One of the reasons why I told you that I wanted to talk Ice Cube first is because I want to have this bossy conversation in order. Because here's what I'm about to try to contextualize for you. We're about to talk Ice Cube, Nas, and Yay. And I wanted to talk at that order for this reason. Well, no matter what Ice Cube says, or nobody, no matter what Ye says, people seem to follow and support at fervor. Now, yeah. why ain't that shit happening in the middle is some of what we're about to get to. You feel what I'm saying? Because even with Ice Cube making this quote, oh, no, we follow him and support him with fervor more often than not, especially with our dollars and our numbers. Don't we? Don't we pay to see Friday and buy the DVDs and buy next Friday and buy the deluxe package together when there used to be DVDs? Haven't we supported this man the whole way? Hasn't Ice Cube always been a platinum and multi-platinum rapper pretty much for the most part? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, he's in Cali. We've always supported. I have a Just few, like I have a few theories about that. Part. So we gonna, yeah. I have a few theories about that. I think Cube being Please. in Cali helps in a whole lot of ways, right? Cali supports Cali. It's what it is. I think Nas being in New York, um, I think that... Icon is icon. That's oh, what I'm I saying. Agree. Icon is icon. Because here's the thing about but it. But does New York Yates support... Common wasn't moving records like that. I agree. You feel me? I agree. Uh, Ye, Ye is, is a little different um, in a sense. He was able to kind of bridge different worlds together. But what I was going to say, though, does New York support their artists in the same level that Cali supports their artists or that Texas does or that even Atlanta. Because I remember even being in Atlanta radio, like, one thing I will say, even if one of our records was trash or the artist that was coming out, you know, we didn't think it was that great of a song, Atlanta radio was supporting it. I'm talking about, like, when radio was radio, like in 05, 06 and stuff like that, you would hear stuff on the radio like, how did this get on the radio? But no, see, Atlanta was supporting I, Atlanta. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and there's some validity to it, except for there is like that certain level of artists. And we're talking about three of them today. Oh, well, those type of rules just they really don't apply. I agree. Like, it's like, well, no, that's Ice Cube. That's Nas. That's Kanye. It's like, no, no, no. Those rules that you're talking about, Mike, they kind of apply. But they apply like on the level of like a 10th or a 20th percentile, not an 80th or 90th percentile. All right, the other I'm thing saying? I was going to say, though, is and I think we discovered this, at least I've discovered this to a whole different level since we've been doing this podcast. The media has an all-out assault on Nas for whatever reason. Those are two things that Cube and Ye don't even have to worry about. Now, Ye worries deals with it when he goes against the grain. But when Ye's nice, Ye, the media is okay with him. Nas okay. doesn't have to do anything. And for whatever reason, the tone from every major publication, every major media outlet... It's coming at him in a disrespectful manner, and I never understood it. No, I do. How about this? It's not that <clears throat> my intelligence allows me to comprehend fuck shit, too, okay? So I do understand. I do not excuse the behavior. Yeah. Part of what we need to unpack today, and and, and here's and, and honestly, we need to revisit this just because our platform is bigger now, too. 
about some of the things that I've discussed before in terms of what I've been seeing literally since it was written about the media skew on him musically and personally, Mike. Like there's a personal and a musical side of this media thing that I'm about to discuss based on what the source has kind of told me about what happens to him in his media interactions or lack thereof. Mm. Nas the goat with the super chest. And I was very, and, 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 and it's as disturbing as, and, and as upsetting as we forecasted it and foreshadowed it to be, Mike, live on this show and behind the scenes and all of the conversations that we've been having. Like, yo, like this isn't journalism. Right. I mean, we would pull up the articles right here on live in front of everybody. Read we read them, them on these and break lives. them yes, down. Yeah. Like, yeah. why is this? Why are these terms even being used in an album review? It it would be literally an album review about nothing about the album. Like the writings would have nothing to do with the actual album. And then when an album like Magic came, you have publications out there that will report the sales from the first week but they wouldn't actually review the album. And it's like, come on, what are we doing? Let me get no, to some of these super I mean, chats Mike. real quick, though. I'm going to let you finish Hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, 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 ahead. Mike, let me just say. Go ahead. We really about to get to it today because we about to specifically talk about the numbers and what the media does with his numbers. Oh, we we putting other people's numbers on Front Street and about to ask some real questions so that there's, like, no doubt within his fan base or in the media that it's known that you were literally slandering and biased towards this man. Like, I've got evidence and proof. Like, like I've got evidence and I've got a source now. And you I will feel say what I'm this. saying? That's different. And I've said this that's on the show. Me, that's not you and me talking and pulling up and gossiping. Right. I have evidence and a source. Like, I went and found some numbers. Like, there is a chart, Mike, for numbers from 2021 rap artists that he's not even on. With two albums. With two albums. Nah. And see, this is the thing, man. Like, the shit's well received. From, from, from a viable publication, Mike. Right. Let me get to these Super Chats, and we'll uh, and we'll get into this topic. Now, to go with the Super Chat says, Peace Kings, hope all is well. Yes, everything is great, man. We got uh, new music on the way. 007, True. my man. I talked to 007 earlier. He says, Queens. I talked to him last night. <laughs> yeah, he told me. He said, Queens, yeah. get the money. Y'all for the victory lap. 11-11. Yes, right. sir. Uh, it's a few more I want to get to. Uncle Fram in the building. Say, uh, yo, Coop, I want um, I want my credit for telling you to talk about nods without mentioning the other guy. Yeah. Uncle Fram said that, too. He said, I'm sure Leroy oh, told you, too. too. Me and Leroy uh, below, uh, to a, belong to a very specific minority in this great community. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, and we hold on, and we appreciate you keeping on our toes. Uh, I didn't know that you had said it too. I'm gonna give you and Leroy your credit, but this is what I'm saying. See, the fact that the two biggest Jay Z fans in here said that, and none of the Nas fans said it, that's part of the problem that we need to unpack. Why did the J fans say it? Hmm. Uh, hmm. Prince Boy with the super chat says Escobar season incoming. Yes, sir. Uh, Matt Max with the super chat says LOL, Mike. First people not uh, from NY say things uh, like NY bias. Then you say NY don't support each other. Um, the issue people have with Nas is that he disappears. That's it. Also, Cube does high budget movies. 
Well, Mad Max, I think First I'm specifically all, no, talking about radio. Max. I'm talking about radio. You know what I mean? And there was an era where New York radio just wasn't supporting New York hip-hop artists. I mean, you, okay, so Mad Max. And Mad Max is one of our younger followers and viewers. Like, respectfully to you, Nas has only taken actual one actual break in his career. And now he is in the process of having multiple runs of releasing multiple albums within years' times. Like, in, in the quality of these runs is unprecedented, too, which we are going to... Like, we are going to finish off all of this dialogues and these diatribes and this source information by literally recalling, like, these runs and how epic they are and how this run, Mike, it might be the best run of the runs if KD3 sounds the way that I think that it's about to sound. And then we're talking about within a when did KD one come out? We're talking about that literally was like May of twenty twenty. Like Let's that. just say a two year span, right? Two and a half year span, four albums. It's impressive. No, I mean uh, at this quality rate. Quality, yeah. If you look at the quality and at the point in his career that he's in, which we're and we're going to even discuss. What the source said about how he's even framing this run from an artist's perspective. That's what I let's go. Yeah, let's get into it. Let me get these super chats out the way and we'll go right into it. I'll introduce basically, you know, how this whole thing's gonna go. Oz P says, forget rock and roll hall of fame. Nas should be in the um be the second musician after Bob Dylan to get a Nobel Peace Prize no, <laughs> Nobel Prize in literature. Excuse me. Uh he's from the Shika Aten Depot, uh, what is it? I'm, I'm blowing this up. The Shakespearean cloth. Yes, I agree. Uh, Mad Max of the Super Chat says, Nas is the purest champ. I, uh, is the people's champ, I'm sure you say. I think the people go against him because they have agendas for the other artists also early 2000s. Nas was saying things going against characters uh, that was bad for business. Going against the grain. Nas is a rebel of the street corner, man. Uh, CJ Kidd says, uh, there was a reason Nas said what he said on Power 105 in 2002. They team up with the evil, as he said. Mike, pause. That, that's a very people, inspirational please tell interview. People, Mike, please tell people part of the reason why According to Hip Hop exists right now since CJ the Kid wants to bring up that Power 105 diatribe. Yeah, yeah. When Nas said... Y'all need to start your own outlets out there. Don't let the industry basically control what you think is dope. Well, I'm paraphrasing it, but that interview and when he said those things, and I was at radio at the time, I was like, I got to start my own thing. And that's, you know, kind of how the building blocks of creating According to Hip Hop came together. You know, it's that. And also when Jay was on Hot 97 one time, and I think he was going back and forth with Jim Jones, and he said something along the lines of, there should be a committee out there full of DJs, MCs, you know, you know, people in hip hop to to sanction certain beefs and say like, yo, this person's not even qualified to say something about this person. <laughs> Those two ideas was like, you know what? There does need to be a committee of the fans that actually cut through the BS in this culture because, like we always say, man, hip hop is of the streets. And the industry can't dictate hip-hop. These corporations can't dictate hip-hop, your advertisers, none of that. It's, a, it's all well, about y'all. the thing. They can't dictate hip-hop, but they have been dictating some of Nas's stuff, and that's part of what we need to get to, because this is... I mean, it's... 
I'm going to call it what it is, Mike. It's not even yellow journalism. When you start on, how about this? It's yellow journalism. When me and you as journalists look at the other journalistic integrity and it's like, oh, no, that's not factual because we know that, too. And that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. That's what yellow journalism is. It's like when you like misappropriate the facts and another journalist essentially calls you out. It's like, no, 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 those aren't the facts. These are the facts. And we both know that's what's going on. When, when, when sources within the artist camp are saying that this is going on, no, that, that, that means we have a smear campaign going on. Coop has you feel what source. I'm saying? That's different. That's not yellow journalism at that point. At that point, there's a true smear campaign. And so what we need to do now as our platform grows and our information grows is to shine a brighter light on it to make people uncomfortable, quite frankly. Thumbs up in the chat. We about to get to it. Um, you know, some of you guys have suspected that Coop has a source out there. And uh, yeah, he does. And he's going to share some information with us today that... You know, he's been told that he could uh, share with KD3 yes. coming up. Uh, I'm going to get to these Super Chats, and we're going to get to that portion of the show. And, yeah, it's going to be good. 36 Chambers says, Nas is a humble man in the game. That um, discourages that style of living and encourages uh, competition and flexing. Uh, Mad Max also says, he's um, like he said, something about Tiger Woods and Kobe at one point. And those guys make money for others. That's why media... Pubs diss Nas based off that early 2000s talk he had. LP Correct. says um, Nas has uh, sold more in the past three years than any other artist of his generation except for Eminem and more than 85% of the current rappers now. Hmm. Eric Terrell says I was 18 in 1990. Ice Cube was talked about like uh, poo poo. I was uh, in the Navy, and when I listened to Ice Cube, people treated me like I was a racist, black and white. Uh, racist, black and white. Cube wasn't a golden child. He grinded it, grinded it out. I could believe that. I can believe that. I remember the interviews, or even when you go back on YouTube and look at some of those <laughs> interviews, you could tell what the climate was. LP says, Nas stopped payola in New York radio. Uh, burned magazines on covers. And question suburban white kids. Went against the grain uh, when others were making deals. Okay. Man Nad says, does KD3 have to be a a a 4.5 to live up to the hype? I mean, I don't know if you've heard Nas the last 16 (laughs) months. I'm not even worried about it being a 4.5 in all honesty. Right? Him and Hit Boy found That ain't what I'm worried about. We're going to get to, like, you know, what we think it could and can't be. I know nothing about the music. I just know Hit and Nas have the final say, specifically Nas having the final say. They are in selection, period. At least yesterday, I know they were still in selection, period. Okay. Well, let me get to it. Um, yeah. Yesterday, let's start Nas released. Like, do you have any questions or do you want me to start? Well, I was just going to uh, intro it. Um, yesterday, Nas posted on his social medias that on November 11th, KD3 will be coming and there's a release date. And um, like I said, you predicted it perfectly. And I know you've been in talks with some people in that camp. And... What are they saying about KD3 and its release and um, and just basically all the energy around the project? Okay, there's a few things. Uh, first, I want to kind of like start off by saying okay. like, A, 
I established this uh, connection after I made the prediction. So the prediction okay. had nothing to do with this. It had no ties to the camp at all. That was just literally me like looking at it from the perspective of a businessman and an artist who wants to win because they're competitive. Like for whatever you think about him, like all these guys are competitive. I told you it's a one-on-one sport. So how can you not be competitive? I told you just like tennis and boxing and golf. No, all those people are highly competitive and they gamble with each other, you know? So that part of it, I want to be understood. And also even with, so, so when I'm talking about the whole numbers thing, I'm telling you how Coop sees it, not like how the camp sees it. Like that's me telling you what I see from it, because like, this is what I mean. I really do believe like when, not about the album, I believe it was written. Like some people, it aligns a certain way because of who they are and who they're supposed to be. So when I'm forecasting and I'm bringing up the numbers, that's not the camp telling me that. It's like, no, have you been watching his career? It's like, no, it keeps happening and it's not an accident. And so, you know, it was written, like literally, not the album. Mike, you get what I'm saying when I'm saying Mm -hmm. it was written? He's supposed to be there. He's supposed to be there. Yeah. Right. So I think the first thing that we probably need to talk about is is magic and what didn't happen and what the media does when Nas drops a project and what the fan base needs to do in response to that. Okay. Okay? So, first of all, magic make got made in one week, Mike. One week? One week. Wow. Magic was made in a week. So I don't want to, like, like, let's never speak of his efficiency or process like ever again on record. Let's go ahead and dead that. That's impressive. He works. That's, I don't know of an album that got made in a week that I can think of off the back of the top of my head that's better than that. The Blueprint's the only one, and I I hate to bring in that, but those are the only two albums that I no, remember No, see, but that was the thing. That told. was nine songs in two days, and I don't think that album got made in an actual Okay, week. gotcha. I think Super Duper Fly... From uh, Missy and Timberland, I've always heard that was made in a week. But yeah, you normally don't hear news of an album being made in a week. And, you know, as recent I, no, as listen, the lyrics sounded, I can believe that. Right. No, oh, I'm about to say, let me rephrase this. You are not going to find an album this lyrical that gets made in seven days. Yeah. Because even if you, like, let's say that that other album did get made in seven days. Well, the bar work on that one and this one, it's like, you don't want to do that if you're that guy. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, you know what magic is lyrically. Yeah. Yeah. It's some of his sharpest work and he's our sharpest lyricist, right? Correct. Him or rock him, right? Right. Right. So let's um let's bring up the fact that this album who Mike, do you remember people pushing us to talk about it? I remember that. Y'all didn't need to push us. Y'all needed to push everybody else. Y'all had me in a hotel room in Columbia, South Carolina, uh-huh. reviewing this album after working for 12 straight hours and getting up at five in the morning, which is fine because I love this and I'm built like that. But we're not the problem. Like, because this only did 22,000 the first week. But it's the fact that it got bought up that it only did 22,000 the first week. And so I need the fan base and the core that started supporting us because we started calling these things out to understand that you have to double down to support him the way the media has doubled down to deny him 
in order for him to truly win. Well, we were going to like talk if, about it anyway. Like, like if the streets really run it and the people really want it, we need to start running it and balancing the scales. And that's part of why we're going to like start talking about what the media is blatantly doing with these numbers. Yeah. Like that, right now. And what I was going right to say, now. though, I think people wanted to hear us talk about it because they know that we actually do it justice. Right. Um, oh, we're going to know. I think you mean tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we were going to talk about Magic anyway, and I think that Magic was such a surprise, and it came on, what was that, Christmas Eve? So, you know, no promotion, none of those things. Um, but I do think that as quality of a project it is and what it's going to mean to his overall legacy, it's one of those projects that should get streamed a lot more often, you know, kind of like in the way of an Illmatic. I mean, I listen to Illmatic all the time. I don't know how that adds to the sales. And again, you and I were talking about it offline. I don't even really know how sales and streams are quantified in this era for real. Because it's like back in the day, you would be able to really, you could really gauge what an album was doing. You go in in somebody's house or go in somebody's car and niggas had the actual CD. Like I remember going in people's house, everybody had Ready to Die. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't even quantify that stuff now. And it's like, you got stream farms. So it's like, you just don't know well, what's legit. We're going to get to the sheet about what's legit in a moment that I pulled up from 2021 that he's not on it all, uh-huh. which is part of that slander and that smear and that rhetoric that's going on. But here's the thing about magic that I want to highlight that the source said. I want you to listen to this. He made it, not only that he made it in a week, Mike, It was specifically made for the people and for the fan base who wanted that raw, uncut, Illmatic Nas. Like, it was literally him saying, okay, you all have been complaining and standing on this soapbox for a quarter century saying that you want me to make a product that's like that. And then he makes the product, Mike. And you motherfuckers do the same thing. I would be choosing violence if I was him, but he's a little bit better than me, obviously. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like the fan base, you have to understand, has a fan base. He gave you what you asked for and what you requested has a core fan base. And your response to it was 22,000. Like, I want you to understand this. Let's bring this back. That's like somebody from Prince or Michael Jackson's fan base asking them, to replicate Thriller or Purple Rain, and they actually come with an appropriate replica a quarter century later? You think that shit is doing 22,000? This Devil's I, advocate here. This is, this is, this is the, the thing for me, Please from my perspective. Me. No, we're we're expecting me. the same media that, you know, that bashes him and that basically clearly doesn't want him to reach a certain level to report accurate information. And I'm and again, I know that's me being untrusting of mainstream media, but what I just saw with the baby, I don't care how much people don't like the baby. There's no way in the world he did those low numbers as big of no, a Mike, star he is. No, I just Mike, don't we're, believe we're, it. We're, no, we're about to get to that. So let me say this, Miss Mo. I see you. Shout out to Miss Mo. Let me get to some of these Listen super chats. No, no, no. They're going to build up. No, I need to say, I know Miss Mo not super chatting, but what she's saying needs to get said because this is what the source told me. Nas is competitive. I keep think I think people keep forgetting that. That's what the source told me. 
he takes hip hop very seriously. Yeah, We're going to talk about how seriously he takes it too, because he spends a lot of his own money to make this shit work, and it's his least money maker. Let me do a, a little super chat super commercial chat break, run, real Mike, quick. That's fine. Eric Terrell, Mike, the super we're, chat. We're just says, getting started, Mike. I don't think you understand how many pages of notes <laughs> I have. This is our little commercial break. Eric Terrell says, uh, "Tupac is the goat, not Nas. If there is a great, if there's a goat, excuse me." No, he's not, and I love Pop, but he's uh, not. Dane with the super chat says, "Not to be superstitious, but Nas' uh, worst album, Nostradamus and Street Disciples, dropped on November. Should we be worried?" Hmm. No. Jay no. Short with the super chat says, "I'm very concerned about KD three. Uh, this is all extra credit, though. I would like to this see is Nas." This is the shit that I'm talking about, Mike. <laughs> that, he, that, that, that his camp is telling me that it's like, like, why are cats talking like this that say that they love him? Well, you know, we're here to address it. Uh, I would like to see. How can Nas... you be addressing it when you just listened to Magic and KD two last year? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What the fuck is there to address about what type of music he's making? He's literally making better music than everybody. He said, I would like to see Nas lean into the uh, 27 Summer slash YKTV banger vibe, getting nostalgia out. Okay. Uh, Kendall gonna, Outlaw with the that? Super Chat says, uh, when Nas first came out, he was the greatest. Uh, then he had a dry spell in the 2000s. Uh, he had to come back with Stillmatic. Now, in the past five years, in my opinion, he's been at his best. I agree. This is a really impressive run. Born King says, when you guys spoke on uh, not mentioning Jay with Nas, that's like making Nas Frazier and Jay Ali to Jay's Ali. Um, Andrea Green no, with the Super Chat no, says... No, that's the media doing that. That's why we need to stop. Kind of like an East Coast, media, West Coast thing. No, no, no. Stop. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Born King. No. The media is trying to do that. Like, Jay is not Ali in this situation. He is Frazier, but because the media controls the narrative, if we speak on it, it looks like Ali Frazier to Jay's advantage, and we all know it's not like that, especially after this run, and so it's better to say less. Andrew Green with the Super Chat says, uh, what nobody is talking about during an, this incredible run is that he still managed to produce and direct two Showtime documentaries, do a podcast, uh, a hip start a hip hop museum and do a full tour. Esco is active. No, that we're going to talk very... about that and why those things occur, Mike. That's what I'm saying. No, we're not skipping over that. We're about to talk about how his independence and his financially contributing to this music at its highest quality. Like Mike, the tours are happening to recoup the money to take care of these albums that aren't moving the way that they should reflect of, of the quality and how we are speaking about them. Mm. Mad Max says, um, the media now treats Nas like how sports media treated MJ when Kobe won his fifth ring. Uh, it was in Kobe. Uh, it was, is Kobe going to surpass MJ? Then they uh, slander MJ to boost LeBron James. They treat Nas the same way. Uh, it is a credit to Nas. I, you know, I remember when they were slandering Kobe. I remember towards the end of Kobe's career where they were pushing Kobe out, where they were ranking him as the 95th player in the NBA. They were telling, they were uh, putting it out there in news stories that he wasn't allowing L.A. a chance to actually uh, retool because he was getting his full amount of money. They wanted Kobe to take less at the end of his career. They villainized Kobe in the media at the end of his career, too. 007 says, guys... Um, 
The three is three gold bars. Know what's coming. Three gold bars. It's going to be bars. Double entendre. Born King says, uh, did y'all hear about the new firm documentary? Did not. Frank Wizard says, hope that Cole feature is on KD3. Didn't think about that, but that would be awesome. Uh, only got a couple more. Coop CJ Kid says, if Nas called you guys for a feature uh, for KD4, would you guys pick up the pen again? Sure. I'm going to tell you what the source told me mm-hmm. about, you know, how artists do when they walk in the studio with Nas, specifically ASAP Rocky, like with Wave Gods. She said when ASAP came in the studio, he told Nas, I got to give you some fire shit and some lyrics because you're Nas. You're Nas. End of story. Jay that Shorten applies to everybody. <laughs> right. that, that, that applies to everybody. Like, as in everybody down the line that walks in the studio with him feels that way, including you know who. Yeah. Eminem, yeah. too. Eminem had a very long verse on uh, EPMD. Like I said, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Jay when you're the said, champ, when, Hold on, Mike. When you're the real champ, you really get everybody's best shot. Oh, yeah. Of course. Right. Jay right. Short says, uh, Nas is forced to wear Nostradamus as uh, an albatross around his neck. Uh, he made one one bad album and folks acting like it was a 10-year stretch. You know, can you speak to that a little bit? Um, and I know you said you wanted to speak to Illmatic and you wanted to speak to Magic. You're feeling like Magic numerically, as far as the support, is matching that whole thing that happened with Illmatic in 94? It's no. I'm I'm not saying that like it just happened. Illmatic sold three hundred thousand copies its first year. Do you understand that that same year the Brat went platinum with Funk Defied, Outcast went platinum with Southern Player List of Cadillac Music, and Big went platinum with Ready to Die. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that this core fan base that loves all this boom bap Nas doesn't really go out and buy this boom bap Nas. I think they, they do. Maybe and then they just... ask Nas to make boom bap stuff that they don't buy and support. I, like, now that I it. disagree with. I think what it is, I think that they do because, you know, it shows in the shows and when he performs, no, I think that I they just, I think, but no, I just think that they don't make up enough of the population. When you talk about Again, then why when you look at to them, why listen to them, Mike? Because when you look at it was written, the one that sold the most, yeah, had a record that was on radio heavy. You know what I'm saying? And well, no, this is okay. So, so I mean, you know what I all, mean? And why did Funk no, the Five sell? Because of the singles, not because of the album. You know what I'm saying? Not the album songs. Well, well, here's what I know. <clears throat> because Illmatic didn't do what it did. We didn't get Illmatic, did we? No, we didn't. So, 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 for those of you walking around, so, oh, it might be a blend. Shut up! Like you just got magic and you did nothing with it. Why would like? Let's talk like let's talk like an educated businessman. What type of educated businessman puts out a product that people have been clamoring for? The people do not respond to the product appropriately in regards to the in relationship to the quality of the product. And you think that this individual is going to go create this product again for you? 
Are you on crack cocaine? No, but see, I disagree with. All right, this is where I disagree with you at. I think that the audience. Is it crack or is it cocaine? I think that the audience. um, I think the audience actually received it and supported it. I just think the issue when it comes to Nas, and I think we spoke about this. The numbers don't say so, Mike. We can't keep singing that. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I think that they support and we support Nas when he makes magic, when he makes it was written, whatever. I think the issue is, and we spoke about this offline. I think that when you talk about Biggie's audience, for uh, for example, Biggie's audience allows Biggie to go out there and make the crossover stuff and don't bash right. him for it. He never gets right. bashed for uh, records like uh, Hypnotize or More Money, More Problems. You know what I mean? Tonight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and you yeah. know, and I, I didn't really like Hypnotize like that, but I think that you say it when all it comes, yeah, when it comes to Nas, though, it's like when he makes a You Owe Me. His fan base, or just fans in general, never let him forget it. And honestly, if you ask the casual hip hop fan who's not like a hardcore, you know, what I'm saying Nas fan like that, they'll be like, "I like you, Omi. It's a cool song." You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the people that contribute to when you're selling a whole bunch of records. But I think that the frustration comes in in the fact that when Nas does do those things, that will allow him to reach to that audience. His core audience feels isolated. I don't think it's the fact that his core audience isn't supporting when he does what they like. I think when he does what they like, it just doesn't. It's just not enough. You know what I mean? So listen to what I'm saying. That would mean of all the all time great MCs, he probably has the weakest core fan base. Because that's essentially what you're saying by saying that. You're saying that of all the all-time great MCs, he has the most unreliable fan base, which is exactly what we're talking about. I would say maybe not the weakest, but everything that you just said, Mike, maybe the smallest respect, population of that core. You've been, you've been an artist before, and so have I. That's some really unreliable shit from your core audience. You get what I'm saying? Because I don't think it's the reliability what, part. I'm, 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 no, I'm going to speak to both sides on this. Because, mm-hmm. Mike, you, you know... <clears throat> And even though I've been talking to the stores, I don't lie about anything. I'm not that big on Nostradamus because yeah. I heard the original version of I Am. It was written in Illmatic. That is my problem with Nostradamus. If you look at Nostradamus in relationship to that original version of I Am that I had, like literally up until like 2002, it was written Illmatic. It's like, well, that's why I didn't care for Nostradamus like that. Now, here's what I would tell you. For those fans that feel like, well, those records aren't as good is like his his pure hip hop records. There is some truth to that. The problem with the core fan base and what the core fan base is missing is that that was a problem on Nostradamus. That shit ain't going on now. Like those type of records that he's making now. Mike, I'm not saying this like as a fan. I'm saying this as a reviewer of music. These shit's been slapping. And I'm, I want to get to the songs and I want to actually I want to get to the numbers of some other rap artists mm-hmm. that didn't get thrown out in the water without a paddle or a lifeboat or a vest or anything to save them when their first week sales came back week the way Magic did, which is definitely some media smearing going on. Can I do that right quick? No, no, that's fine. Um, you got everything pulled up. I was going to go to some of these super chats real quick. No, I mean, I have the numbers right here, but if we want to keep the Super Chats fluid, yeah, let's do that. So, 
I like how you highlighted the baby. Part of my notes is, is it, it seems like the only people who got highlighted for having weak album sales in the past year were Nas and the baby. Yeah, people that the media has made it a point to say, don't fuck with them. Correct. People yeah. who the media have made That's why I don't trust the numbers. I don't trust what... Because you know what? Let's just be real. And, I, and I'm using academic as a source because he goes out there and reports a lot of these first week numbers. Jack Harlow did 100,000 uh, units less than they projected. They're not talking about that. They're making it seem like he's having a great year. Mm. Just saying. So, Mom, and you could Google that. No, I know. So <laughs> what if I told you, like, how about this? No, let me ask you a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. How many units do you think Drill Music and Zion moved this first week? Uh, I would say about 60,000. That would be my guess. 11,000 units, Mike. 11? Wow. 11,000. Half of Magic. Now, I know Lupe got more fans than that. But, again. Stop. I ain't done. I ain't done. We're not done. Hold like, on, hold on, hold on. Somebody said uh, Lupe made Drill Music and Zion in under five days. I do remember hearing that. And yeah, shout he out did that. To, no, no, no. Um, I said you're not going to find Drake an album, Cats. the quality of Magic, that got made in one week. Drill Music and Zion is not on the same level as Magic. Period. End of story. Right. Soul Sold Separately, that just came out, Mike. You know what his first week sales were? No, that was a 60. The same as Magic. No, Mike, the same as Magic. 21.5 thousand units. And nobody has said a word now, has they? Mm-hmm. Cheat codes, Mike. What are cheat 10, codes? 10,500 10, units. Joey Badass. Hmm. Go ahead, Mike. What you say? About 20. 22. Same as Magic and Soul Soul separately. Vinny. I find it hard to believe that all of these are 22. 19,900 for Benny. Now, I don't know about you, Mike, but there's, like, Magic is just far superior to all these other albums, and people, according to his fan base, have raved about it so much. Why are they pulling out the fact that magic sells 22,000, but these other projects that aren't as good as magic that sell less than magic or as much as magic the first week, they never get any sort of flack like this. Don't and then the fact that, odd? wait a minute. Don't and the fact that's that, odd. And the fact that magic was a surprise album that came out on Christmas Eve, those things matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't you think it's odd that they bring up the fact that magic sold 22,000? Well, you know who other else? Albums underperform as well. And not a word was uttered by the media. Now, was it? You know who else, though, that they're publicizing, you know, uh, I guess lower than expected numbers? The game. Everybody that people hate. (laughs) Everybody that the media hates. They go out there and give them these abysmal numbers. And I always revert back to... No, it's not about the abysmal numbers, Mike. It's about the reporting of them. I didn't know these numbers until today because, to be honest with you, the media hadn't made it a point to make it matter the way they made it matter that Magic didn't sell. Now, why is that happening? I agree with you. Um, And I always revert back to that Prince interview with Tavis Smiley when Prince was like, 
I have no idea how many albums Purple Rain sold. They told me it was 15, but I feel like it's 30. And then when you think about the fact that you have the same people who are reporting these numbers who are basically, I mean, in certain situations, and again, when you're independent, you're independent, but who are basically the gatekeepers of either the news or even giving publishing rights out there. And it's like, it's hard to really know the accuracy. How do we know the accuracy of these 22,000 units that are being sold? Do you know well, anybody riding around listening to Jack Harlow? Like, like, Let's be real. I mean, you have a daughter that's in ninth grade. Any of her friends riding around listening to Jack Harlow like that? She's in 10th grade now, and I ain't oh, heard no Jack Harlow. Ain't no Jack Harlow getting me. I mean... <laughs> I mean, Mike, I got on her about Bruno Mars. Uh, Bruno, man, you know, people bop, bumping Bruno. Now, you no, can hear people about the bumping. appropriation. I was just reminding her. I was like, yeah, he culturally appropriated us a couple times. Just watch him. Just watch him. Keep your eye on him. <laughs> the music's That's all I good. Told her. I was like, just keep your eye on him. <laughs> Darren Harris with the Super Chat says, come on, Coop. I can't let you get away with that. Uh, coming from a Let's huge Nas fan. He's like, come, coming from a huge Nas fan, McAfee, uh is a better album than Magic. Album was made in a week or less. I don't agree with that. Actually, Machiavelli's not better than Magic. Mm. I, I, no, Mad Max. I love Super Chat. I feel about Pac. I sing his praises. I mean, Hail Mary might be the best song, like between the two albums. Um, I love to live and die in L.A. too, man. Incredible. I think. How about this? You know, that's one of those records that you love. That I'm like, okay, like that's on his greatest hits, but it's on the backside for me. I it's like that. everything on. How about this? Everything on All Eyes on Me, Book One, is better than To Live and Die in L.A. In my opinion, like every really? song except what's, except what's your phone number. Yeah. Nah, nah. Man, I all actually eyes like. On me is that like, me like, personally? If you say All Eyes on Me, Book One is better than Magic. It's like yeah, but like not Machiavelli. Like no, comparable. The bar work on Magic is too stellar, Mike. It's too stellar. He sounds illmatic, and it was written like that's the guy that we said was the greatest MC of all time. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, they say a million streams count for one sale, so Nas will never win in stream in the streaming era. But for him to do 22000 the first week is good, since Nas uh, never made media fanfare like uh, like that since uh, Hip Hop is Dead or Life is Good. I, You know what? Uh, to piggyback on what Mad Max is saying, I do feel like, let's just say hypothetically, we're in a physical album selling era. I think that KD2 and Magic, they, you know, people go to the stores and pick them up and buy them. Like, I think the streaming era is so tricky, man. It really Um, is. It it is, because I'm going to tell you specifically what the source told me. Matter of fact, let me pull up the word verbatim, because I have my notes. But I want to pull this up verbatim, because she spoke to that and spoke to what we're going to talk about. In Pull terms it up real of this. quick, Hold on let, one let me get to Andrea Green real quick. Andrea Green Go says, uh, "What say you guys to the new narrative that Hit Boy's beats are whack and Nas needs to get with Alchemist or someone else? Uh, people got to keep that narrative and smear campaign going." Shaking my head, I think the Hit Boy has totally demolished that whole Nas being a bad beat picker narrative, and um, you know, people are just picking and choosing what they want to say. Um, I think your source was saying something along the lines, I think you were telling me in passing, 
that this is just much, as much of a comeback for Hit Boy as it has been for Nas. Yes, and, and we're going to get to that because what, what I kind of want to just bring up is, is that, you know, this is what I mean. Like, <clears throat> the numbers that KD2 did streaming-wise was based on the stuff that the core base didn't respond well to, which is mm. part of what spawned Magic. I see what you mean. Like, like, like get, you get what I'm saying? He's making a classic-worthy album, and his core fan base is still complaining about not getting that boom-bap Illmatic. And Do you so, have the numbers for, like, what songs were the most successful on KD and KD2? I, I wasn't able to get the KD1. I know with KD2, the most streamed song was rare at, like, 11 million streams. Okay. Like, that's not enough stream for the biggest streaming song on an album like KD2. Like, that's what, and that, that's what she said. Let's talk about not just the purchase, but the streams after, because the streams after are what count. And she's right, because Little Baby's My Turn was still charting, like, stream-wise and numbers-wise on a level with Benny's Tana Talk 4 when Benny dropped Tana Talk 4. My Turn had been out for two years, Mike. Mm. Right. The streaming numbers on it. It's the fact that people keep saying that they love Nas, but it's like, are y'all really bumping his shit on these platforms? Because it would show if you were. So when people are saying they love it, it's like, are you loving it like you're saying? Are you really enjoying these records like you're saying? Because it's not showing. That's what I'm saying. No, it's showing that you're going to get it. It's not showing that you're paying it and turning it. My baby is, little baby is literally still eating off of my turn. That's pre-pandemic, Mike. Well, let me give, let me, let me say this. And that's why the streaming era is different. For a crowd that is, um, you know, for Nas's fan base that is of a certain age, if we were to go out there, purchase an album, the album's purchased, right? It's done. That sale's already in the can. Right. The streaming era is about people frequently playing your shit. You know what I'm saying? Correct. And, and That's people, what I'm saying. But so no, 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 no. Let me finish, though. Nas, let, it's like, let me no, finish. It's cool, cool. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. So it's like, so people of a certain age, we're not sitting around here listening to music all day like young people, uh, you know what I'm saying, in debate in little baby's crowd are. You know what I mean? Like, we got things to do. People be music, at work. You playing this shit, Mike, the way people apply pressure to us about magic, Mike, the numbers do not reflect the way a pressure got applied to, not to him and his team, Mike, the way pressure got applied to us, I'm telling you, and you know this, Oh, the numbers I just gave you don't add up. That well, don't I feel no like the people that were applying. I got pressure. a college degree in business, Mike. I'm telling you that that shit does not add I up. I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is the people that apply pressure to us. I'm sure they played the album. They, I mean, people. You see how it is. Even when we get on here, people are quoting stuff. People are uh, naming the records. I just think that it's just not more of us out there. And if that's the case, then I feel that where it's like, look. Your friends that you used to uh, grow up with, that you were listening to hip hop with, and listening to it was written with, let them know the magic's out there. Whatever they should be bumping it to. I think that's the thing. I don't think the issue is with the no. people who are actually supporting. You know what I'm saying? No, I think I think the issue is that some of the people who like supported Illmatic like won't get off Illmatic, Mike. That's, well, that's what I'm out saying. Like, too. I want you to understand that, like, literally, like, we got the release date 
for KD3 yesterday. And so yesterday for me was glorious. Like, oh, cool, call the date. And so I'm flooded and everybody's hit me up. Oh, no, 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 that's great. You don't want to know what I woke up to today? I woke up today to people talking about why he's still working with Hit Boy. Why don't he want to work with the producers from Illmatic? I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm literally about to say this right now. I want people, this is what I mean about this this fan base. You want three primo tracks on a Nas album right now on this run? Because the primo tracks that Nas has laced lately, y'all haven't supported those either. And quite frankly, quite frankly, if, if Nas and Primo were to do three tracks together on a Nas album right now, and it wasn't to the level of, of listen to these records, Mike, New York State of Mind, Memory Lane, and represent what would the people do? Well, you know what? It's this... almost like the core fit. No, it's almost, and this isn't the source telling me telling you this. This is me saying this. It's almost like the core fan base that loves him or proclaims to love him is setting him up for failure with their thought patterns and their behaviors right. about his music. Now that they I won't simple. refute. Because so, we no, saw so that happen. We saw that happen with Magic. You remember when Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds did their um Listening and, and whatever, and then when they played the record that Premier did the scratches on, um, with ASAP Rocky, he said, it, "Well, Cipher Sounds was like he didn't like it because it wasn't New York State of Mind." Now that I agree with you on, it's like you're trying to set him up to go work with people so that you could compare this stuff to Nas's like in New York State of Mind and be upset. I feel that. You're right. Do you want to, I want you to understand this because after talking to the source, this is something that I understood. Because for me, I never really wondered about the Primo thing because I feel like him and Primo did enough work. You need to be happy with that work. It's some of the best hip hop work ever. Yeah, I agree with that. Specifically in the relationship to Q-Tip with One Love and Pete Rock with The World Is Yours. How the fuck are they supposed to top that for him production wise? Right. Because if he does a joint with Q-Tip, the talk is going to be, it's not one love level. If he, Mike, the world is yours? If he does a joint with Pete Rock, this ain't the world is yours. I rated all this time for this. Tell me people ain't going to say that. You're right. Why the hell would he do that? I'm so not going to lie. Asking him to do, stop asking him to do stupid things. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to lie. When Pete Rock was named as somebody on the Lost Tapes too, yeah, I was in the back of my mind expecting, I don't want to say expecting the world is yours level, but we know what that collaboration sounds like. It's but like, you only got one of it. Yeah, like, you're right. Like, here's what you have to understand. Because of what Illmatic has become, because of what it truly is, well, you can't ask him to go work with those guys again. We better off leaving that right there because here's what I know. That's and fair. I've always said this. And let me say this about Elmatic. And this has always been my comparison. And I've seen it live. Elmatic is Rap Sistine Chapel, the Michelangelo side. What you're hearing from New York hip hop, from LL with Radio in 85, up until the point that Elmatic drops, that's Raphael's side of the Sistine Chapel. Mike, it's beautiful and it's glorious. But when Michelangelo, and I've seen it live, Mike, when Michelangelo's color touches the Sistine Chapel, that shit hits different when you look at those frescoes on the wall. The same way Illmatic hits different. But here's the thing about it. Didn't nobody ask Michelangelo to redo the Sistine Chapel. They let him go sculpt and make David. Yeah. And we got David because didn't nobody ask him to make the Sistine Chapel over. No, you're right. Now that I can't refute. I think that 
enjoy the Sistine Chapel and shut the fuck up. Like I did when I was looking at it. I was like, oh shit, that color is different. Be like, this motherfucker hand is nice. Be like, oh no, no, that's different. This guy different. <laughs> LP with you the look signature. Up, you, Mike, his, his shit's right. If you really appreciate art, you're going to walk out of the Sistine Chapel. Your neck's going to hurt. Because you're like, oh my God. <laughs> like this nigga nice. That's what Illmatic is. It's like, oh my God, this nigga real nice. It's like, oh no, 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 it's different. It's like Raphael's the man. Like, you know who Raphael is? That that's KRS and Kane and Rakim and Slick Rick. And then Illmatic comes, it's like, oh no, no, the color on that hits different on the fresco. I can see that the hand is comparable. Has in Raphael's hand is comparable to Michelangelo's. Oh no, the way Michelangelo using colors, and nobody used colors like that before. That's what Illmatic is. But Ain't nobody walking around saying, hey, Michelangelo, will you please redo the Sistine Chapel for me? I know it was almost impossible to do. Right. And he's like, well, I'm kind of busy working on David. Let me pause for a week and go make the Sistine Chapel again and fuck <laughs> David up. Right. That's what we're dealing with. And so all these people that are talking about Illmatic, tell them to go play Illmatic and shut the fuck up. Let me get to the really? super chats real quick. LP Everybody says, Mike, when I want to hear Illmatic <laughs> or some Illmatic type of record, you want to know what I do, Mike? Play Illmatic. It's New York State of Mind. It's right there. So is Life's a Bitch. The World is Yours. Halftime. Memory Lane. One Love. One Time for Your Mind. Represent. It ain't hard to tell. Boom. Well, you, right know, there. you know my theory. It's 39 minutes and 20 seconds, Mike. Let me get to the super chats real quick. LP says, Magic sold more than Joey Badass, Freddie Gibbs, uh, Benny the Butcher. The baby, Tory, NBA Young Boy, and a host of others. No article about how little they sold. It's true. Uh Abilene says, still waiting on y'all to review Joe Black. Talking about the uh the song, the video. 36 Chambers says, uh it's not that Nas isn't competitive. He just uh doesn't advertise or campaign for his albums anymore. Look at Pusha T campaign for almost uh it's almost dry. Should Nas push his album uh, the way that Pusha rolled his out? I would hope not. I like this rollout so far. Jermaine oh, Young with the Super Chat says, The Firm is having the 25th anniversary show uh, Friday, October 21st in NYC with all five members, Nas, AZ, Foxy, Mega, and Nature. That's going to be lit. It is. Everything's coming full circle. Jay uh, Short so, with the Super Chat says, uh, We need to keep it a buck. Most J fans don't like Nas and don't listen to his music. And that's okay. They just need to stop lying about it. <laughs> Jay Short also says, to clarify, I just want to see Nas branch out on uh, KD3. We're about to talk about that. That's that shit that I'm talking about, Mike. I got these Hit Boy tracks down here. We're going to talk about how part of what makes this run so epic and part of why Hit Boy is so great and people need to stop talking about trying to replace Hit Boy with Mike, DJ Premier, Q-Tip, and Pete Rock's best beats like literally got made when we were kids and teenagers. I'm yeah. not being funny when I say that. Even when I hear, I mean, how about this? Wouldn't you say Brutus is probably Pete Rock's best modern day beat of the last five, ten years? Off the top of my head, and that shit is hard. I was surprised to even know that Pete Rock made it. You know, First I, all, I watched Pete shocked Rock to find out that Pete Rock did the beat, but not only that, Mike. When the last time Pete Rock made a beat like that? Well, Pete Rock's become on some quality projects, man. Like the project no, with him and Skies. I asked you when the last time he made a beat like that. I didn't ask no, you about I, his quality projects. No, nah, I'm not going to front on Pete Rock's, uh, Pete Rock, excuse me, uh, recent beat work. He's been doing his thing. 
Productive, no, he's productive the best, of, of, all, of all those guys, he's doing the best beat work. That's yeah. why I'm highlighting it. It's like, no, he's making the best beats, and even his beats aren't at the level that his beats used to be sometimes. Like, like for what Brutus in the saga begins, or they reminisce over you, well, or the no, world is yours. Now, is it? I mean, those are some of the greatest beats of all time. Well, why are you asking Nas <laughs> to work with somebody that doesn't make beats like that anymore when he's rapping like this? No, I mean, look, I think that the fact that Nas wants to work with, um, I don't want to say young energy, but guys that are, you know, at different stages in their career. He's already at a certain stage in his career. And I think that working with somebody else that it's kind of like Ron Isley when he was working with R. Kelly. Like, it's just let's let's uh, put these two different generations together and make something new as opposed to me working with the same people I worked with in the 70s. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's just smart. That's what. That's what musicians with longevity do. I mean, Michael even did it when he, you know, went from Quincy to to um, to Rodney Jerkins. I'm skipping all the way up, but you know what I mean. Like that's just what you do. People are saying that I'm bugging with like the Machiavelli claim. It's like no, like Machiavelli mm-hmm. had some great work on there. It's not the beginning, the end toward the force that magic is. You don't play Machiavelli from beginning to end. Don't tell me you do. You know, I'm going to stay out of that one because I've never, in my opinion, like, you know, I like Machiavelli, but I know people hold it a lot higher. I know how people feel, but I'm tired. I'm tired of playing those games. If you want to say me against the world, you want to say all eyes on me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not Machiavelli. No. No, I'm plus with the Super Chat says, Nas set the bar for everyone, but everyone besides him gets graded on a curve. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, when these guys don't move the numbers, it doesn't matter that they don't move the numbers. The media highlights when he doesn't move the numbers. That's part of why people need to double down. That's what I'm saying. You have to understand, by you not doubling down on support, you have to understand when he doesn't move for a number for an artist of his stature, they're going to double down and talk shit. So the fan base is what's supposed to offset that. Or yeah. am I wrong for, for speaking no, to that? No, that you're right about. You know, play the music and, you know, go in on these BS writers that, you know, write these disrespectful reviews, you know. And again, you don't have to like everything, but like it's the tone that they take on when it comes to these reviews, when it comes to this particular artist. Uh, Born King with the Super Chat says, Coop, just so you know, uh, I agree with you about the media doing uh, what they're doing with the Joe Frazier Ali comparison. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that East coast, West coast thing. Like the media created that and they ran with it and they used that to benefit one side more than the other. Uh, born King also says, man, Nostradamus was not a bad album. People need to stop saying that Nostradamus gets unfairly shitted on. I think that the expectations are just so high for certain people. Um, CJ the expectations says, were high because of the quality of music that got made before Nostradamus, but that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about. But like, yeah. Okay, so where do you want to go from here as far as like, you know, what um, your sources are telling you? Are they telling you anything about like what KD3, what to expect from KD3 or anything along those lines? Well, before before we do that, I actually want to talk about Hit Boy right quick because because okay. this is for the people that are asking for these Illmatic producers. I want you to listen to some of the tracks that Hit Boy has made for Nas in the last, let's just say, two and a half years. Death Row East, Brunch on Sunday, Spicy, Full Circle, 27 Summers, YKTV, Ultra Black, Hollywood Gangster, Store Run, 
nobody. Blue Benz, rare, speechless, Joe Black, ugly, the truth. Mike, you name me one of those Illmatic producers that would have given him that versatility in 2022. So stop talking about Hit Boy not being worthy of taking on these Nas' projects. He's doing a wonderful job of rounding out Nas. No, no, and no, taking, no, no, He's no, no. literally taking the elements of the stuff that the producers who first work with him. I told you, Mike, it's the greatest intro of all time. It's called The Moment of Truth by Gangstar. This is the new Gangstar. Like you said, we have certain formulas, but we update our formulas with the time. And so style of rhymes is elevated. The styles of beats is elevated. And all Hit Boy has really done is taking the framework from those early set of producers that won with Nas real big. He's taken that framework and updated the formula. What I was going to say, though, man, when they first um, announced their pairing for King's Disease 1, I was, you know, I wasn't totally head over heels. And I was like, yo, this turned out to be a dope project, right? But when Hit Boy produced KD2... I was like, yo, this is one of the best production jobs from end to end that I've heard from him, period. Like, Nas aside. And then when Magic came, I'm like, all the notions of Nas even working with anybody else, like, we don't even need to talk about that anymore. Like, why are we replacing a guy that's really giving you 25 and 10? (laughs) Why why are we bitching him? Why are you talking about trading him? So let me tell you, like, like, like what the source told me, like, this isn't just Nas's comeback run. This is Hit's comeback run. She said a lot of people forgot that he really wasn't making records for anybody after the fallout with Ye. Mm. And then I thought about it. It's like, yeah, Big Sean wasn't doing any work. And like the guys that he normally worked with, because a lot of the guys that he normally worked with were all tied to who? Yeah. And so he really wasn't working. Now, let's also understand the fact that when Nas is coming off of the Lost Tapes 2, that's fulfilling a contractual obligation to Def Jam. So now, you know, around, you know, within a, a, um, a decent framework of time, well, you know, Hit Boy has his fallout with Nas. I mean, with Kanye. Uh, Nas is done with his contractual obligations to Def Jam. This is both of them restarting their careers over from scratch. With Hit, in Hit Boy's case, because the way the game moves now today is so much faster, he hadn't been around as long. But this is Hit Boy starting over from scratch too. The same way Nas starting off from scratch as an independent artist is going on. I think Nas is so big, people forget that he is an independent artist. He hasn't been signed to a contract since the Lost Tapes too. And so when you're seeing... KD1, 2, Magic, and KD3 getting made. Who do you think is financing that project, Mike? And Nas and Mass Appeal, I would imagine. Well, here's the thing about it. Mass Appeal is, is fronting some of the bill, but like Nas paid for the Wave Gods video. Mass Appeal only is going to allot certain amount of money if the numbers reflect that they can allot more money. So gotcha. what you have is Nas spending virtually everything out of his pocket from the multiple other things he's become successful at just to give us quality rap music. He's literally spending his rap. He's not spending his rap money. Rap makes him the least. Yeah. Like he's literally doing this because he loves this. Yeah. Like literally spending out of pocket. Like you understand if he does not spend his money, there is no KD one. That's commendable. Cause you know what? At the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, with the successes that Nas has had in other ventures, and I, I would imagine he has a whole lot going on that we don't even know about, he literally could just go Hawaii somewhere and just chill and That's live his what life. I'm saying, Mike. He don't he even have to be making this now. music. You don't have to do any of this. Nah, he doesn't. He's almost, like, if I'm not mistaken, he's about eight or nine years older than us, which means he's getting close to 50. It's like, Mike, I'm 41, and I'm trying to figure out how to chill sometime, some way. He's going <laughs> hard about this because, like, I told his source when I was talking to her, it's like, oh, he's a microphone fiend. Yeah. Like, he loves this. And so people need to, like, kind of pay attention to the fact that how about this? Everybody like bigs up Griselda's independent hustle, including us. You understand Nas is in the same box. Uh-huh. I, and I think the thing is, he's been in the parameters of the major labels for so long. It's like now he's finally free and able to put out music at a rate that he really would always wanted to. And he has the resources to do it, too. So mm-hmm. this is. This is why we're getting He's this. He's paid for this. Yeah. Like the Europe tour, this they is out of love. he gets more. This is from this is from the source too. Gets way more love in Europe than here. Mm. Way more love in Europe. It should not be that way. Like the greatest MC of all time should not leave this country and receive more love. That's C- just not right. CJ Kid with the super chat says, "Coop, I remember you said uh, I am double disc was better than it was written. If it was written with a top thirty on your album list, uh, would it make Correct. would it make would that make the OG uh, I Am a top fifteen to twenty album? Uh, better than correct. Reasonable Doubt, etc. How about this? I would put I Am the original version of it somewhere slightly behind Reasonable Doubt. Um, like, how about this? I Am the the real version of I Am on me is like um, Hell on Earth territory. Like, like it's probably better than Hell on Earth, not as good as Reasonable Doubt. Muddy Waters comparable, AT Aliens comparable. Like, yeah, hi. Mad Max like, with the Super I'm Chat not. says, uh, Coop, you can't compare Magic to Illmatic. Uh, bro, streaming numbers. He said, bro, streaming numbers are different. Jay had to go on some mobile deal to go platinum after 07 sales today are about, you know, backing. You know what? That's very interesting because... Yeah, when you think about do what you gotta do. Yeah, you you think about how uh, what album was that? Um, what was the Mobile Deal album? Um, um, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure people in the chat will let me know. Um, I think it's Jay Z's weakest album, in my personal opinion. Um, hey, Holy Grail, there it is. So he did the Mobile Deal with Holy Grail. That was a Android situation, and I think with four four four, if I can remember correctly. It was exclusive to Tidal, um, at least for the first couple of days, and then got released to the other streaming platforms. So that exclusivity boosted the numbers anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because once you start putting it out to everything else, boom, like the numbers are going to go. Now, I don't know what Everything is Love, the album that him and Beyonce did. I, haven't, I didn't hear anything about those numbers. <coughs> Hold on. I want to say something. Everybody keeps talking about Machiavelli in the chat. I just want to say something right quick. Like Machiavelli is a very divisive album and it's not how I want Tupac to be remembered and neither should you, quite frankly. It's very, like, it's some great work on there, Mike, but I refuse to You don't like to the put, tone of it. Mike, tone matters on albums. The tone yeah. is very divisive and demonstrative. 
And it's not the guy that made me against the world that made him an icon. Dear Mama and so many, t that's the shit that made him an icon, not doing bomb first. Maybe that's why I, I like living down in L.A. so much because... Because that's more of the old school pop. Yeah. I can feel you on that because it's like, no, I don't love that guy that's on there. Like crazy. It's like crazy is a great song. I don't like that tone. I don't like the space that that guy's in. He like that's the guy that got locked up. It's like you're free now. Why is that still going on? No, yeah. no, no. Double O Seven says if Nas is responding uh, the same way that he did to Illmatic with Magic, which is making um, which is making it was written. Sign me up. Also, tell the source to drop uh, a I am double disc original on the twenty fifth anniversary, please. <laughs> can, I, can I say something? Go ahead. I, I said that to the source last night when I got home from work. <laughs> I did. Great I said, drop the original I am for the 25th anniversary. I said some other things too. So it's like, you know, great minds. But this is what, but, but let's wrap up with Hitboy right quick. This okay. is Hitboy's comeback too. This is a beautiful comeback. Mike, think about it. It's like, no, you want classic Nas? Store run. Nobody. Blue Benz. Rare. Ugly. Yeah. The truth. No, Hit Boy did those beats. You want something that's going to maybe do some numbers for him that you can still ride to? Spicy. 27 Summers. Brunch. This is all the same producer. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's this a, album it, run is impressive for him. Straight this up. album run is impressive for him, too. We need not forget that. I agree with that. 100%. He's a big part of this. And they're... I mean, they're both soloists, no, no, but he's they're damn near a group. This, Mike, he updated the formula for Nas to shine. Like yeah. his fan base needs to like, like the fan base needs to be lauding Hit Boy and like, like thank you, somebody who gets Nas and how Nas raps and likes to rap and put things together the same way the core producers that made Illmatic did. But you're right the though. The notion—that's the where these beats are winning. The you're right though. The notion of certain fans wanting him replaced. That's the problem. Those yes, are, like this guy's out here doing the job very well. It's like it's like somebody coaching you to uh two to three straight championships and they're like, Well, when can we get Popovich? <laughs> what? Right. You <laughs> got a young coach out here giving you getting you championships. It's like, yeah, we How need Popovich. <laughs> How, hold on, hold on. How about this? You understand that the Lakers traded Shaq after they lost to the Pistons, had they won that series, he doesn't get traded. You understand that? You feel what I'm Maybe. saying? Yeah. It's like when you're out here snagging rings, think about it. They went, they just got done running three straight rings, Mike, but they didn't trade him until they lost the ring. You're right. They're not trading him while you're renting rings. It's like, is Shaq slowing down? It's like his slowdown is 30 and 12. Take the slowdown. Let's see if we don't <laughs> win another one. Right. Uh, Kendall Outlaw says, Ultra Black was slept on. I agree. Obama came out the ultra black. I think it um that uh I think it was LeBron's interview at the shop. But yeah, ultra black was dope. LP with the super chat says, uh, we don't hold it against Jay. The reasonable doubt is his best album, and he didn't come close to um to album six. But Nas gets shade for it even after coming close in album number two. This is what I'll say to that. And I know we don't want to keep bringing up Jay, but the reason why we do is because, you know, if we want to talk about the longevity side of it and the success and the lyrical ability, they're like, that's like the only person to really converse about with Nas in comparison, kind of like Michael and Prince in that sense. But Correct. Jay never rapped like he rapped on Reasonable Doubt ever again. And no one gives him shit to. for it. <laughs> Hold on. So, so I want to say this again, too. And people are like, 
numbers don't matter. It's like, no, to, Jay's to the biggest moment is attached to a number. Jay's biggest moment and his segue is the fact that Volume 2 did how many units, Mike? It did what, six mil? Something did like five that. originally, but that was his thing. Yeah. What, what was he walking around saying? I did five mil. What was Snoop walking around saying? I did what? Five mil. Yeah. How ready to die? How ready? Not, how life after death start off? I'm sitting back dreaming about Lear Jets and Coots, the way salt shoots, and how to do what? Sell records like Snoop. like Snoop. Yeah. Don't tell me that numbers don't <laughs> matter in this game at all. Mike, on, on the unauthorized biography of Rakim, what does he say about Rakim? First million dollar deal in rap. 18th letter did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always mattered. Yeah, numbers matter. And, and like you said, when you're competitive and you've checked all the boxes, you want to check that one box that, you know, that people hold over your head like you haven't checked. So. And now get out of my head because that's what I took away from what the source is saying. It's like, well, this matters. Because he's done everything else, including yeah. put the entire Queens on and the, the longevity. Other no rapper has put any borrow on. Let's just run this down right quick. When the first time you heard 50? Because the first time I heard 50 was because of Nas. You know what? To be honest, first time I heard 50 was How to Rob, actually. So you probably heard him. Okay, I heard, I, I heard 50 well before How to yeah. Rob. Yeah, like, like, like months before How to Rob. Okay. Like, when Capone and Noriega dropped their solo album and Capone got locked up, who took Noriega under his wing? Yeah. Mike, Nas gave Noriega five tracks for his first album. Columbia only let one go on there. He gave Nori a five-piece. We only heard Body in the Trunk. He gave him a five-piece. That didn't come from the source. That comes from me knowing shit from back in the day. Wow. When Cormega came home from jail, Mike. Right. I feel like I'm real. Oh, not to cut you off. I feel like I'm real behind on these super chats. You mind if I catch up? Jay Short says, "Uh, I don't believe the game streaming numbers. Me either. And see, Jay Short's in Cali, y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like Y'all outside with it. It's really hard to, because you can't even quantify it. You can't sit there. They'll play the game all day out there. Yeah. Melvin Wright with the Super Chat says, uh, I'm one of the biggest Nas fans there is, but he drops a few duds during um, dropped a few duds during the time when other guys were on fire. And I think that was so microwave music. No, so does every other rapper. That's what I'm saying. Why yeah, are you it gets to a standard that other rappers don't do? Other rappers drop duds when other rappers are on fire. Eric Terrell with the Super Chat says, Nas is not an event artist. Uh, he's an artist that is... Uh, in the best ways, MJ, Biggie, second album, early Snoop, etc. Those are hyped up. Jay Z, he had he just put out great music. Uh, just not in his lane, but it's okay. He said, I guess he's saying like the big records just aren't in his lane. That's cool. Uh, let's see. Let me get to some of these other ones. Uh, Kendall Outlaw says music sold at the local flea markets are unaccounted for. <laughs> well, the artist doesn't get that either, right? Miss um, LB with the Super Chat says, the problem is people stream instead of buying the album. You need 1,500 or so streams to equal one album sale. Yes, shaking my head. Correct. Uh, Jay Short also Correct. says, the numbers uh, say that Rick James 
was a one-hit wonder with one platinum album. Everyone had his album somewhere. I've been doing uh, this stuff for years. Yeah. It's been... I never trust the numbers, man. You got to trust the energy. And I know that's not, you know, that's not what the artists want to hear. Nas the Goat says, I never cared about record sales. I always cared about the quality of music, um, the content, and the subject matter. Nas is a true hip-hop artist. So stop. All Mm -hmm. respect to Nas the Goat, though. You're not the artist. It's easy. You get to say that. You're, You're right. You're a fan of the music. You're not supposed to be concerned with the sales. You are supposed to be concerned with the quality and the art. And if you love the artist enough that you'll make him your name tag on YouTube, just tell me that you have a copy of Magic on Vinyl. You feel me? You sounding like Talib Kweli right now. <laughs> no, man, this man. is different. No, no, no. No, stop for a second. This is different because this is Nas. There's evidence. Would you like to hear the evidence? Illmatic. It was written. Godson. Stillmatic. The Lost Tapes. Life is Good. KD1. KD2. Distant Relatives. Magic. No, there's evidence all over the place that we need to jump behind him. There is evidence. Talib don't have no motherfucking evidence, Mike. <laughs> We're going to talk about Talib a little later, too. Uh, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, One, Coop, Machiavelli is better than Magic. Uh, ain't nothing on Magic. It's chilling. It's blasphemy or uh, against all odds. Uh, then you got Hold Your Head, Bomb First, Pac, quite frankly. Yeah, we covered that. I think we just didn't get to this one in time. Unknown Name of the Super Chat says, making contradictory points. 22,000 first week for an artist after uh, 30 years doing the same number as a current hot guy, Benny and Freddie. Also, given the time when Magic dropped as a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I get it, man. I think those are a good numbers for a surprise album and for somebody who dropped two albums in a year and at this point in his career. And but again, the I'm streaming say, era on, is tricky. On. Do you really feel that way? I don't because because I'm just I don't gonna tell you to what. Feel. Like just off the strength of the name, Benny and Gibbs shouldn't be doing the same numbers he's doing first week. Like their name's not like that. And I and I've touted both of those guys' albums. And right now, as it stands, I still have Soul Sold separately as the album of the year because I haven't heard anything from KD3. But don't tell me that they're supposed to be doing Nas numbers. Don't tell me that. It's uh-uh. not. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Like, like if you believe that, you're part of the problem. Like, no, like straight I think up, if you, believe be... that, if you believe that it's okay for Nas to be who he is in this game and has been, and making the quality of records that he is right now and doing the same numbers as Benny and Freddie, you are part of the problem. Period. Dot, 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 dot. This is what I'm saying, Coop. I'm factoring in Christmas Eve and it was a surprise album as well. Doing the same numbers as someone else whose album was more planned out and it wasn't on a holiday, I could see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, no. I'm not saying that I'm saying all of these numbers should be better. I think that, you know, Benny and Freddie's album should have done more than 22 oh, as well. Me too. I was surprised. Yeah. Hold on, let me let me submit something to you on the back end of it. Okay. So he dropped it on New Year's Eve. And then there was the new year, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's say for two weeks, you know, there was nothing. Show me where the surge was. Like when you say it's the holiday, okay, so the holiday is over now. And then what happened? 
the New Year. Correct. So let's yeah. not totally blame it on the holiday. Well, I That's thought what we were I'm saying. Talking it's like, oh no, weeks. he drinks it during the holiday. But and, and so, hold on. Guess what you're getting because of that. This is what I mean. Well, now KD three is dropping eleven eleven. Well, let me ask What's you. What's going to be the excuse? Let, now? I was going to say. What's going to be the excuse now? What do you project? KD3's numbers to do and what does KD3 have to do numerically for it to be deemed a success in that light because from a quality standpoint it's been successes so if we're going to so if it's going to reflect the quality the stature of the numbers needs to reflect the quality right Mm -hmm. so Jack Harlow's album first week did 109 almost 110,000 and KD2, when released, and I'm going to play some devil's advocate with you about the timing of Magic's release as well, because it was holiday season, has in peak, 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 peak holiday season, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Magic, I mean, KD2 did do 56 the first okay. week. There we go. And so, what that would, but what I would tell you is that after doing KD2 and doing 56, and then go, you get what I'm saying? It's like, oh, he did KD2. See, KD2, Mike, has 40 side. YKTV, brunch on Sunday. You get what I'm saying? That stuff, that core fan base be like, nah, I don't rock like that, but it did numbers. When he went and fed the core fan base, it went all the way down, though. I don't know. Like by 30,000. Mike, it went down 30,000 within three months, so there's something wrong with that. So if you're telling me what I think is fair for KD3, now I'm not expecting him to do Jack Harlow numbers. I'm going to be very frank when I say this. Well, he's not a media darling, and he's not white, so we're just going to top about 2025 off but I would tell you that it's like 75. Okay. I think 75 would be a reflection of, of the fact that, Mike, this is one of rap's greatest runs. I was going to say that. that right? I was going to say that. Look, this is how I view it. And I think that in no way, shape, or form do I feel like there's an L being taken for Magic. I think Magic is boosting KD3 even more. So with that being said, I think just rounding out the circle and this being the third part of the trilogy and what we've seen from this pairing, I could see KD3 getting to 100,000. And I think that Magic, even if it did do 22, I think that Magic is a big part of KD3 and its anticipation. Let's be real. We wouldn't, I don't want to say we wouldn't be anticipating it to this level, but Magic is a big part of why we are anticipating KD3 to this level. You know what I mean? Like, it added to the buzz, as he said on Ugly. Right. KD3 on the way. That's just to feed the buzz. Yeah. Okay. But what actually has to happen is, is that those people who... Quite, like, there are literally people that have been on Twitter today, Mike, that have been like, I'm just boom back. Illmatic still his best album. That's the type of Nas that I like to hear. It's like, it's 2022. It's like, 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 push that nigga down the stairs and get rid of him, though, please. They could like, be agents, push though. We just leave them in the ICU for the next five to six weeks so this shit can do the numbers that it needs to do. They could push be that agents, nigga down the though, stairs and talking that way. It could, be some blue, it could be some blue check Twitter agents out there trying to keep that narrative alive. Because well, that's I part think, of the media slander. Seen, I feel like there's people always, when his projects are coming along, this is what I mean about how your biggest success can be your worst attribute. Well, all this Illmatic talk, it's like, like, nigga, Illmatic came out when I was 12. Illmatic came out in April of 1994, Mike. I was 12. I'm 41. Let it go, nigga. <laughs> Listen, Let it man. go. 
Have you been to Frozen? Do you not have kids? See, I had a daughter. I took her to Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> what I was going to say, man, I think just from our conversations here, I don't see the fans saying those things. Those sound like non fans and non-followers that are really saying that stuff. Melvin Wright with the Super Chat says, uh, another issue is that you could play the album for free on YouTube, for example. That's something that needs to be addressed by his camp also. Hmm. Darren Harris says, we need to do a Patreon Magic versus Machiavelli. Do we need to do that? I was actually just thinking that. You're in all kinds of trouble if you do that. CJ Kim was like, the like, Because, like, if you, like, like, Mike, go play Speechless and then go play Bomb first. You tell me what's the better hip hop song. CJ Kidd says, at this point, Patreon would have to be Machiavelli, Mike, and Magic Coop. Speaking of which, our Patreon's at the top of the chat. You can click that, join the Patreon. We'll be rocking on Monday and re- really Look, play the music and really get into the music. Meet Joe Black's losing the Hail Mary, but that's about it, Mike. We nine it. songs, first nine songs. It's me and my girlfriend, number nine. Me and my girlfriend's track nine on there. That might win. To live and die in L.A. be matched up against. Yeah. No. No, it's not winning. Mad Max says, Coop is trying to kill Nas' fan base compared to Lil Baby's numbers. Who is in his prime of popularity? Bro, that's not fair. That's delusional. Nas is 50-like. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just telling I Actually, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm telling you what's being told to me, actually. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Because because here's the thing about it and how hip-hop is supposed to work and how hip-hop usually works. Well, the guy that's usually the best and that's doing the best and is making the best songs usually does register at least somewhere in the top echelon sales-wise. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. Well, where is Rakim in we that? And I say that we have a history. And, and, and don't tell me it has to be like a certain aesthetically appealing music because I'm going to submit to you DMX in 1998. But what about like, Rakim, like, though? Yeah. Like, when we compare Rakim sales-wise to LL Cool J, and I say that respectfully well, that's what I'm, no, 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 both no, no. Rakim sales-wise wasn't far behind LL back then. People are acting like Rakim wasn't doing numbers. Rakim was selling like 500 to 700,000 every time. LL's just barely going platinum. He's only selling like two or 300,000 more, Mike. We'll go check all that. Into you go just, check it, Mike. What, go but check no, but it. This is what I will say, though. Like, right? like you understand that LL Cool J hasn't like sold no like four or five million records off one album, right? This is what I'm gonna say. You're right. I right. Think, He's been and, a and platinum I, and it's rapper always, and a gold rapper, but not like multi multi. No, no, no. It's always been like this. Hit records are what sell records in the music industry. Period. In the business of music, hit songs. I mean, let me be more specific. Hit songs. And when you got songs like uh, Paid in Full, I Ain't No Joke, Eric B is President, yeah, sell some records. Miss Mo, Mo is spot on again. No, no, no. We're talking about all this because Nas is independent. These are people that he's in competition with who have big label help. Mm-hmm. Mike, right. what does that mean about your fan base when you're in competition with guys who have the big label help? What does the fan base have to do? If the media is against you 
and you are in competition on your second career run with people who have major label backing help, who have people and producers in the studio with all the time and have media people with them all the time. What do the people who call themselves your fans have to do when these things are going on? All I'm trying to do is make you aware of the situation. He is Nas, but he is an independent artist in competition against major label artists who literally have whole teams designed to help them win what he has is the people who run around and say that he's the greatest MC of all time. And all I'm telling you is that if you feel that way, act like it. Well, this is what I was going to say, and I was going to ask you With your streams, with your music, with your purchase of the vinyl, with your support, with you seeing these things happening and stop giving me so many rebuttals when you people pulled up on us calling him the greatest MC of all time, and now all of you are giving me these rebuttals. This is the shit that the source is talking about. This it's is, like all I got these rebuttals question. when it's like, no, is that Nas to you? Is he the GOAT to you? Well, then double down and support <laughs> it because he's an independent artist fighting against major labels and a media that smears him. Now, what the fuck is so complicated about that? I got a question. I got a question. I hope um, I have an answer. <laughs> I saw that he was doing a lot of media for KD1. Uh, is there a reason why he wasn't doing a lot of interviews for like KD2 and Magic? Because... I didn't. I mean, well, magic. I, I get that, and I think the whole mystique of it kind of adds to it. Not to do interviews for it, but is there a reason why he wasn't, you know, kind of doing a media run uh, with KD two in the way that he did for KD one? I don't know if there's a reason or a rationale for it. Um, he doesn't like the media that much. Is how it's kind of been framed to me without it saying without without the source saying, oh, he can't stand the media, you know, because like like her role she can't really say that to me but he doesn't trust the media i think is a fair assessment i don't think he hates the media but he definitely doesn't trust the media and mike there's evidence of why he shouldn't trust the media musically and i think, personally. I think there's evidence of why any black artist shouldn't trust the media but well we can, we can gonna... unpack that another day this is you know <laughs> we, we can go on a case-by-case scenario with that that's <laughs> right we, we'll, we'll be on a court in the hip the next five years unpacking that well what um, i was gonna say though is um because it feels like i don't know it feels like that's like the in- excuse that people will make like well i didn't know kd2 came out or i didn't know magic came out and for a lot of people especially online this is how people find out that albums are coming out and one would say well maybe he should have done a little bit more media because somebody you know brought up Pusha T and brought up how Pusha T has been everywhere for it's almost dry so this is so do you know what the two number one things that he gets asked when he's trying to do a promo run has it been framed to me okay so when he's wanting to do promo runs and talk to the media a large portion of the media wants to either talk about her or talk about him. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Now, what does that have to do with his album rollout? That's I'm going to say that again. What, what, what does this guy who hasn't made an album in how many years now and his ex-wife have to do with what he's doing today? And when he declines to speak about those things, people decline to speak with him but then they still go and say the things that they say. So he gets labeled as Frazier and an abuser when he really hasn't said anything because, and I'm going to say this, how can he win that? You can't. Why would he, why would he go out 
and make these entities that have been smearing him literally for decades now money by creating vitriol with somebody who he's become an acquaintance and a friend of and causing division between that relationship. You know, these guys have a healthy working uh, friendship and relationship. Why would he go speak on those things and potentially say something that could damage that? He has a child with this woman. You understand? I don't think a lot of people understand that he has a child with this woman. Him going out and speaking about her affects things potentially for him. And this isn't the source telling me that. I'm telling you because I'm a man who's been divorced. Mm -hmm. That shares custody of my child. You understand? Yeah. And so the fact that the media is asking this man, who is a music artist, to speak about his ex-wife and another rap artist more than his actual music, when this is the guy who made Illmatic, it was written, Stillmatic, Godson, The Lost Tapes, is currently on the, he is currently, Mike, on the greatest late run that an artist has ever had. Not just rap, Mike, period. You're not going to find an artist that has been almost three decades into their craft in music that is making music at the level that he is making. You are not going to find it. You will find them on tour. You will find them performing the songs that made them legends from 20, 25 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago. But you will not find anybody in the history of music currently doing what he's doing right now. And people want to talk about his ex-wife and talk about Jay. You're right. I told the source, I said, you're better than me. I would need a team of lawyers because a lot of people would have got their ass kicked by now by asking me to do shit like that and then turning around Mike, and then turning around and smearing his name even further because he won't do the interview. Hmm. Into you jams with the super chat says, uh, personally, I believe the Nas and hip boy collaboration is perfect. And I like the fact that Nas made him an executive producer on, on his album as well. It's dope. Um, I'm going to catch up with some of these super chats so we can move on with the conversation. It's a great conversation though. I'm digging this whole, you know. I didn't believe I didn't believe some of the stuff. Like, first of all, you have to understand that part of the discourse before you get back to the super chats, mm-hmm. like because the trust is so broken with the media, I had to get full okay and clarity about what I could and could not speak on. Like, do you understand that most artists don't move this way unless they've been treated a certain way? Yeah. Like, it's not it's not like we're Rolling Stone, Mike. Like the level that that. He has to audit his situations for who he is. It's like, and and I could and I felt it coming from the source. Like, oh shit! Like, let, I texted her late last night. Like, I need to know fully what it is okay to not and not talk about. She, oh, don't talk about that because he's over that. That's under the bridge. That's done. That's not going to help KD three. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because it's so serious. Uh, CJ Kid with the super chat says, with this being, with that being said. Coop, which Nas and Hit Boy project do you feel comes close to reaching moment of truth quality? Just a, a genuine question. Mm. Um, overall, production-wise, if we're t- I mean, see what's so beautiful about the moment of truth is that that's the best that gurus ever sounded. And I think those are the best set of beats Premiere ever put on one album because all his other great stuff is is placement stuff outside of um, Step Into the Arena. So 
I would say KD2 is probably closest to moment of truth in feel, but Magic is closest in the quality. Mm. You know, because like Guru sounded like the Guru that first got signed, very much like Nas sounds like the Nas that first got on. You know, and so that's comparable. But the production job on Moment of Truth, quite frankly, Mike, is probably one of the five to ten greatest production jobs ever. Now, none of these KD series can say that. But when we are talking about greatest production jobs ever, we're talking uh, Purple Tape, It Takes a Nation, Illmatic, The Chronic, The Low End Theory. You feel what I'm saying? Like Moment of Truth production and put together wise, it's in that realm. And so super special rap album. Uh, Blue Collar Hustle. intro ever, because, you know, it's always a message. Blue Collar Hustle with the Super Chat says, doesn't Nas own uh, Mass Appeal? Wouldn't he be setting his own recording, marketing, and visual budget? Uh, start a label slash run it. Uh, sign yourself. That's a major key. Yeah. I'm sure he has Stop partners over there, too. Well, hold on. He doesn't own all of Mass Appeal. Yeah. He owns a piece. And so there's still a board and a committee. And people also need to understand this. This is what I mean about him being independent. Who's the main artist on Mass Appeal? Yeah. Yeah. So who's it really on to perform for Mass Appeal to win? Yeah. So well, you, know, you got to run the jewels over there. With his, hold on. If, if Nas owns a piece of Mass Appeal and Nas don't win with the numbers that he does because he's their main artist. How does Mass Appeal, what he has stake in, win? Do you get why we're having this numbers conversation? I keep telling you, he's an independent artist. He owns a piece of Mass Appeal, not all. And how does Mass Appeal win if their number one artist doesn't win? You show me the record label whose record label is winning without their number one artist winning. No, you're right. That's a fair point. Uh, Rakasha with the Super Chat says, big ups to uh, A2HH for documenting this culture the right way. Uh, Magic is Nas's greatest gift to me since Illmatic. Brought the black and limited, sorry, bought the black and limited cover vinyl. I got to go get that too. And I appreciate you telling us that, you know what I'm saying, we represent the culture right. That's what we're trying to do. CJ says, um, I must be insane uh, giving you bars running companies. Yeah. No, he. That's what I mean. He kind of been telling you low key what's going on. Like she like told some me, like Tom this, Brady you know, shit. Like you don't understand. Like this man will get off stage, go take two business calls, like go do two business meetings, and then go to the yo at like damn near fifty, and then get back. Mike, he don't have to do the show. The show. Is to help make up for what the numbers aren't doing. Uh, you know, he could I, just be taking. No, I want you to understand. He could just be taking those two business meetings mm-hmm. and then sliding, and yeah. that's his day. But he's going on a whole New York State of Mind tour with Wu Tang and Busta, and doing KD three with Hit Boy and releasing one of the like Mike. If KD three sounds the way that the people are talking. That, that it's going to sound, this is going to be the best four album run that a producer and an MC ever put together. Like, that's what we need to be talking about. Yeah. There's not a four album run by a producer or MC like that, because here's what I'm about to tell you. KD3 about to be better than Eric B and Rakim's fourth album, Don't Sweat the Technique. You can go ahead and book that. <laughs> you can go book that. You can go ahead and check that box. I'm telling you from the, I'm telling you from the stuff 
that the source was telling you that I can't tell you just about what some of the song concepts and topics are about, I'm like, oh shit, if half of that shit make. Mm. Jay Short with the Super mm. Chat says, uh, Coop, I think you misunderstood. I think a lot of the fans don't want to see him use Illmatic producers. They want him to uh, lean into more of the banger type production. He can get a new generation of fans. Hmm. I don't know. It feels like a lot of his older fans want him to do a lot of older stuff. I mean, that's what I hear. Uh, Born King says, uh, the hit boy criticism is like uh, Roger Maris versus Babe Ruth. <laughs> right. I don't think, no, I mean, I think that's kind of disrespectful to Hit Boy because, like, Roger Maris only had, like, a couple good seasons. Like, Hit Boy is, like, better than that. That's what I'm saying. Like, Hit Boy is actually, you know what Hit Boy is actually showing himself to be? He's a placement producer that has proven himself to be a full album executive producer, which makes him very much like a Q-Tip or a DJ Premier or a DJ Quick. Or a havoc, at, at, at meaning but like see, high, high level. As in, like, no, I can be a placement song, but I can also do like the whole project too. And it usually works in reverse, Mike. But it's like, impressive because things- he came up in an era where albums just aren't important to that level. You know, no, what I mean? that's what I mean. He's taught to be a placement producer, yeah. and he has learned how to become a masterful album maker. Because here's what you have to appreciate and accept, and this is what I mean about producers really matter. Nas has gotten better every single time he's worked with Hit Boy. Don't tell me that that's an accident, and don't tell me that that's supposed to stop. No, you're like, right. Stop all of that talk. No, you're right. KD one is not KD two, and KD two is not Magic. And what that tell you about KD three? Yeah, CJ Kid with the super yeah. chat says, based off of your um, off your OG I am statement, Coop, that would mean that Nas is the only guy in your list that has three albums in the top thirty hip hop albums of all time. Well, I, I gotta hear this. I am man. <laughs> I gotta. Hear. Nah, yeah, I, I mean, I'm see, here's the see, here's the thing. And, and if I'm being honest about it, it's like if I were to like do the list, like right now, I can't tell you that I am and it was written would crack top thirty, but I could tell you that they would crack top forty. And so he would be have three albums in the top forty. And what I would submit to you is is that well Wu Tang Clan has that I think maybe Tribe Called Quest and Davon may have that Those too. Those groups. So, huh? Those yes. are groups. I mean, he's well, he's the greatest MC of all time. What I would also about to say submit to you is that had Biggie lived, Biggie would probably be in that same realm too, in my opinion, in my estimation. But yeah, he like yeah, the original version of I Am is definitely a top forty rap album. Um, it was written. If people don't know, it was written as a top 40 rap album right now. I want to tell you one of the most striking things the source told me, and this was the first thing, one of the first things. Illmatic's in the Library of Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it was written not in the Library of Congress when it's lyrically superior and we all know it? When she said that to me, because it's like when you get in the Library of Congress, Mike, you know that's about your written works, right? Right. Now... Now, Illmatic is better than it was written, but it's because timeless songs with timeless themes. You and I have pulled up multiple times and talked about how, well, the greatest rapper that you and I ever heard is 96 Nas. That's it was written Nas. So why isn't it in the Library of Congress? Now, you see how the media controls the narrative? Because here's what I... 
go ahead. I want you to get because it felt like you wanted to say something because well, I wanted to get to the media say, thing. With it was written to say how musically he's been affected by the media since his sophomore album. Well, I think they both should be in there, right? But I think that you know when you talk about the Library of Congress, you're talking about the composition of those songs from beginning to end, and I think that at least in my opinion, he's a better rapper on it was written. But mm-hmm. the songs are better on Illmatic. And so maybe that's the standpoint they're coming from. But I feel like both of them should be in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, you can't, uh, you know, you can't have one without the other in that. But hopefully exactly. it'll get in there, um, you know, I guess when it's time for it to get in there. What are the rules on the Library of Congress? How long does the album have to be in existence? I don't know. I need to look it no. up. Illmatic's been in the Library of Congress for for a while now, and okay. it was written was only made two years later. So I know that it's gotcha. eligible. Okay. But but that's what I'm saying. When she brought that point up, I was like, you know, what immediately made, made me think about Mike. It made me think about how all this all started for me, and I'm going to say this again: the first piece of writing that I ever got published was a music review of it was written for my high school newspaper when I was 15, and I'm from the west side of Charlotte. And here's what I remember, like Andrew, who I do the Mirror Music podcast with, that's where we met. We were 15 years old, okay? That was August of 1996, so it was written and been out for about a month or two, okay? Mike, I took that article everywhere. Like, not to be funny, I was the only black guy on the journalism staff. All the white people love the article. Andrew, who I do the Mirror Music podcast with, our editor-in-chief, Dorian, that's how everybody at West Charlotte got to know me was because of that It Was Written article. Mike, I took that It Was Written article to my block. Like, to my niggas, Adriel and Tizai. Like, those were the dudes that taught me how to rap. They're from the West Side. Like, these are block dudes. I took it to Upward Bound. Everybody loved the article and loved my perspective about the album. And then I read that Vibe article review. Hmm. And that's when I realized that that shit needed to stay outside because it's like everybody that told me that that shit was great. I was like, well, they're saying literally the exact opposite of what I'm saying. Now, either, and, and these were my thoughts. I was like, no, either I'm not good enough to do this and I need to find something else to do and I'm not the writer that I thought I was. Because I'm emceeing now too. So I'm like, it's making me question myself as a writer totally. I was like, we from we in Charlotte and we're not in touch with the New York rap scene. So we don't know what's going on. We, we some bumpkins. You know what I'm saying? Remember we used to get called bumpkins. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we some bumpkins. I was like, are they slandering Nas? And this shit ain't right. And this is still one of the best rap albums I ever heard, followed up by the best rap album that I've ever heard. Now, when you're 15 years old, Mike, you're more inclined to believe that you a bumpkin. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You believe that the older people who are experienced, they know what they're talking about and you don't. Correct. And it just turns out, as time would have it, it's like, no. That was where the musical slander started. And so why it was written isn't in the Library of Congress like Illmatic, like it like it's supposed to be, is because of reviews like that four mic source review. That's not a four mic album. That vibe review that literally started off by comparing Illmatic to the greatest adventures of Slick Rick, paid in full, criminal minded. Hold on, hold on. Did it compare Illmatic or it was written? Illmatic. That's what Uh I mean. I got you. The It Was Written review started off comparing Illmatic to literally the greatest rap albums that had ever been made. Like, It Takes a Nation of Millions, The Greatest Adventures of Slick Rick, um, By All Means Necessary, and Paid in Full. Mike, in 1996, that's four of your top ten rap albums of all time. 
And why are you starting off his sophomore album talking about Illmatic and comparing it to four of the 10 best rap albums of all time? And the comparison being, hold on, listen to this. Illmatic wasn't even as good as those albums. That's where the slander starts. You mm. understand? That's wow. how they start the article off by letting you know that as classic as Illmatic is for modern day times. Well, Illmatic really doesn't stand up next to Paid in Full, mm. The Greatest Adventures of Slick Rick. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back and by all means necessary by Boogie Down Production. And that's what the slander campaign off like that. Yeah. Now, tell me that that's not the epitome of musical slander when you go back and listen to Illmatic and it was written today. Yeah. That's 1996, Mike. We were 15 and 14, respectively. Melvin Wright with the Super Chat says, uh, he dropped duds when the other guys was on fire. Um, Let's see. I mean, let's see. Shyster 30 with the Super Chat says, I have magic on vinyl, black and white, color tape, and CD. See, I think we got the real ones in here. It's just we need more. Um, Ms. Right, LB, so spread the word. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like this is why this is why I'm having this conversation. It's like, oh well, if you feel the way that you feel, it needs to start showing. Mike, this is the restart of his career, but this run isn't about to be as long as the first one. We don't know how much longer we're getting this. Yeah, this is classic stuff. Um, right, and so hold on, and maybe if you want more, maybe you need to support it so that it makes sense for him to doing it without having to turn right around and do some tour dates to recoup the proper money to make sure everybody gets taken care of the way they deserve to be taken care of including him miss lb says mike come on people don't have to come on people don't have to go out and purchase uh let's see where we at the super chats i know i missed a whole bunch because we've been going all right here we go uh, Don Deontay Smith says new music is down across the board this year though Beyonce didn't even do her normal numbers this year I called that one too that's because there's a recession coming <laughs> Eric Terrell with the super chat says Coop when was the younger uh, when, when was when was younger your hero was Nas when I, when you were younger your hero was Nas or Jodeci these young people have their own heroes. They will find the music down the line. I'm glad people, I'm glad he said that. Let me tell tell you something. In 1996, Nas wasn't my hero. You have to understand, I've only been back in Charlotte for three years. Outcasts were my heroes and AT Aliens had come out. I got this in my notes because I knew somebody was going to say that. I actually (laughs) wanted to write a review about AT Aliens. Outcast wasn't the story of the summer, Mike. Nas was, If I Rule the World, him being number one on Billboard's charts, having the number one song, Street Dreams got released late in the summer. He literally already sold a million copies and was a platinum rapper by the time I had started my high school tenure at West Charlotte. He was the story. I'm a journalist. I covered Nas over Outkast because he was the media story coming off of Illmatic. I covered the biggest artist. And that's what I'm saying. When he was the media darling, they took that moment and proceeded to place him in the dirt. Mm. LP with the Super Chat says, most have nostalgia for an album they weren't born for. Um, Let's see. I want to get through all of these so everybody gets recognized. I don't want to leave nobody's Super Chat hanging. We got to respect the money. Kenneth Palmer with the Super Chat says, I fear that Nas' announcement for KD3 is so early, it would give Jay time to sneak attack. 
He's always made a move on Nas release dates, except for when Nas dropped um, uh, with or on a sign. So I, I have no confirmation of this from the source because I didn't even want to ask the source. But one of the thoughts when I was having this full discourse and dialogue was like, well, how many times has him doing that truly, truly affected Nas in a regular way that's legitimate? And that's every single time that it's been done because it's the only thing. Because think about it. If you know that it's the only thing that you haven't done, don't you think your competition knows? <laughs> right. Right. Now, we playing chess or we playing checkers. Now, mm. we're going to stop. And that's why I'm saying, no, we're going to be adults now and stop acting like certain stuff ain't like a conspiracy theory. Like it's logical, it's strategic because intelligent businessmen worth hundreds of millions of dollars into the billions, probably in equity. They don't play checkers, Mike. They play chess. Oh yeah, definitely. No, you got to. You got to be one step ahead. So ain't no, so ain't no oops. Sorry that happened on the same day that you did something. Didn't mean to do that. It was by chance. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. I hadn't heard that. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. Mad Max right. says. Hmm. I mean this with all love and no disrespect. Who is Nas and his source to tell his core that they complain too much uh, and don't support Nas sold over 30 million records worldwide? Someone no, they're supported. not saying that. I'm saying that shit based on what they're telling me. I don't think I think you're missing this. Like, no, they're giving me the facts. And I'm telling you what that shit looks like to me. That's why I'm being very clear about what the source is telling me. No, the source didn't say that you're not supporting Nas. I'm telling you you're not supporting Nas. You feel me? You feel the difference between that? The source is giving me the information that makes me compile a report that delivers a narrative in a tone. That's what journalists do. So this is journalistic work. See, it has to have a tone. My tone that I walked away after talking to the source is, is that... Well, you motherfuckers don't really support like you say sometimes. And so let's address it instead of hiding from it. But that's not coming from him. That's not coming from the source. That's how I'm compiling information and putting data together. And quite frankly, the numbers say that that's what's going on. Well, I think that's preaching to the choir, though, because do you include yourself in this? Because we're all Nas fans. Well, that's why. Well, well, hold on too. well, he's not necessarily... He's not necessarily doing himself any favors, like you said, by releasing Magic on December 24th. Okay? Yeah. So we have to be fair about this. But also, too, tell me one thing, Mike, that I said so far that was either from the source or for me that wasn't, like, factual or rooted in some sort of truth. It's not like I'm saying things that are untrue right now. These are facts. The numbers are reflecting the facts. And, you know, you need to kind of deal with it. Like... I don't think that it's all the way factual. Unless you think the numbers are being skewed. Unless you I think that the numbers that. are being skewed. Well, see, now now we That's have to go get some evidence, Mike. You get yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like the numbers have been funny since I've seen the baby's numbers. I'm sorry. After I saw that, I just don't believe the numbers anymore. So, so, so let's go <laughs> on to say, do, do you feel like Nas's numbers are being played with? I think so. I mean, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility as we see how he gets butchered in the media for nothing. Well, there we go. Well, those things, this is what I'm saying. Because so I don't really think together. it's on the fans. So the gonna, fans so really I'm go gonna in. Say this, so, so I'm going to say this again. And so the sources let it be known to me what the numbers look like for him on his side and how he is an independent artist financing these operations out of pocket. 
Okay. So these things are going on and you as a core fan base, because most, and this is what I'm saying. Most of you all pulled up because we appropriately covered his run when other people were literally slandering him and you could see the separation in the difference. And so the fan base is aware that the slander is going on. The fan base is aware that the numbers aren't moving. And the fans are aware that he's independent. And all I'm saying is, is that if you're aware of these things and you think he's the goat, I'm saying double down. And I think I don't a lot think of people are just now, say that. Do you get what I'm saying? So nobody's holding the saying. fans responsible per se. You feel what I'm saying? I'm saying like if you know all these things and you and the way people pull up about him on this channel, it's like, oh, well, I need you to pull up that way all the time is all I'm saying, because it doesn't look like that's happening based on the numbers that I've researched and the information that I've got from the source. I'm not pulling it from one place. It's coming from two places. It's like, oh, well, we got numbers over here. And now we have a source over here that's telling me it's like, no. And listen to what I'm saying. How is he holding the fans responsible when he made magic for the fans? Well, I... I see the numbers on my side. I see the energy that, you know, saying people have when it comes to Nas and even on this channel and when he's the topic of conversation, it's just different. Even with our post on uh, our Facebook page, when we posted the um, um, uh, KD3 is coming, it's got like over 2000 something shares. Like we don't get those kind of engagements just for regular people's albums coming out. So again, I do have trust issues when it comes to those actual numbers, especially when those numbers are being reported by the same people who find, you know, cheap shot ways to, you know, not even um, to basically bash the person in an album review. I see what the people say. I see how excited the people are. I don't think the people are to blame per se, but I do think people now are becoming aware of how lopsided things are, and I think people will double down at this point. That's that, and, th- and that's I, the only reason because I, I didn't like, even realize this was a problem until really about a year, a year and a half ago. Think about now, now, Mike. Think about how long you've been running, according to hip hop, operationally behind the scenes, and you're telling me that you only noticed this was a problem a year, a year and a half, or ago. how bad the problem was. Let me say it like right, that. yeah. So, so, so that's what I'm saying. So you have to understand if it's coming off like the source is feeling some type of way, it's like, well, it's Nas. Like, is it not Nas to you? Because it's like when I was getting the information, I'm like, I was literally asking, I was like, this ain't happening to Nas. They like, yes, it is. Like when, when, when not, like you understand that there are music execs and radio and people out there that are literally like, well, what does a Nas record do for us? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people out there talking to this man this way, and, and you know, I, and, and I'm just and that's part of being in uncharted like, waters too. That's that's part of being in uncharted waters, and the fact that, and I talked about this on the show before too. I hate, I I hate is a strong term. I strongly dislike these old school hip hop stations because it's a money grab for old catalogs because they don't go out there and support the people that come from that golden age that are making new music. It's not like when we were growing up with the old school R&B stations our parents used to listen to. If Barry White came out with something new, they would play it. You know what I'm saying? So you get artists like Snoop, Nas, Public Enemy, guys that are still doing it. There's no place for their new music. You know what I'm saying? 
So can I tell you something? I mean, <clears throat> the mainstream media is messed up to the point. I want you to understand, like, for a publication of our size, I probably shouldn't have these inroads yet, okay? That's part of how I know that this is real, too, because his people obviously know who we are and have audited us already to a degree enough that they felt comfortable enough sharing information with me that, like, like not the stuff that I'm sharing, think about the stuff that I'm not sharing, felt comfortable enough speaking in those spaces that I wouldn't come public and share these things that they won't do with major, major media outlets. Now, why would that be? Yeah, You get what I'm saying? Like, people need to really smarten up and even look at why I'm pulling up here today. It's like, how did Coop get the inroad to this so quick? Oh, they don't trust anybody because they can't, because this is bad, because they're literally pulling up and asking this man, well, what can you do for us? Well, you want to talk about her? You want to talk about him? Well, we don't want to talk to you. Gossip media, man. We're here to talk about music, and I think that that is... We're here to talk about I think rap. that's a He's growing the issue. rap run with a producer ever right now of KD3 pans out. If, if it trends the way it's been trending, this is going to be the best four album run that a producer MC combo has ever had. And that's what we need to be talking about if this is the last album that we get from Nas and Hit Boy. Now, when is Nas going to work with Prem and Pete Rock and Q-Tip and Alchemist and Havoc? Now we need to be right. oh, this is the greatest run that an MC and producer are having, and he's having it at the end of his career, which is actually the restart of him and Hit Boy's career. Like, I, we need to be reframing the whole narrative is the issue. I think an issue that we do have in hip-hop media at this point is the fact that Hip-hop media, and I say this respectfully, is overran by the gossip side of our culture and not enough actual platforms that are just keeping it to the music. Uh, Miss LB with the Super Chat No, listen says, to what people are saying. They're saying it's up to the platforms in the media. That's exactly why I'm here today. If it's up to the platforms in the media to promote it and audit it properly... If the source is talking to me and sharing these things, that means that they are not being promoted and articulated by these platforms and these other medias well, properly. No, no. I see. I don't like when people do that either. Like, you know, we we are a platform. We do what we do. But this is about the people. Everybody who has a social media has a platform. And you have friends. You have followers. Everybody has a platform. No, I said properly, Mike. As in, like, yeah, yeah. we don't... We don't, how about this? We don't really deal with things until we deal with the music, really. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we deal with the music. And it's like musically, we have been really the only publication that has spoke about this run musically the way that it has actually gone. Don't you think that that's a little bit troubling? It's interesting. Don't you think that that's interesting? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just surprised at all the stuff that the people who are Nas fans are saying in this chat right now. And I'm like, y'all don't find any of this fascinating that is happening. Like, well, speaking of the chat, like, let me get to so some of these. Well, that's so startling for me. Like, Mike, I have a lot of thoughts and words based on what I'm reading, but I'm mostly just fab flabbergasted. Let me get to these super chats. Speaking of the chat, uh, Miss LB says Nas uh, rapped. I don't get the credit I deserve, so I hate doing interviews. There it is. That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I keep trying to tell you. This is actually, think about this. How many independent artists do you know 30 years in the game that are doing this for the love? Because I would show you him. Yeah, that's love. 
And so and so all I'm pulling up and saying is, is like, well, make it match, because based on what the source is telling me, the source don't have to tell. I'm intelligent, guys. The source don't have to tell me it's not matching up. The information the source is feeding me is telling me that it's not matching up. I don't need you ain't got to say what I understand. It's like, oh, this shit's not matching up. Like as in the quality of music, effort, money and being spent hasn't matched and aligned back up the way that it should. We know that the media is not going to take care of that so because they slander him. And so where does that leave us? That leaves us with your core and with your fans. And so we are here. And so stop taking these things so personally and start thinking like a boss a little bit with what I'd say to some of those people in the chat, like boss up a little bit. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, boss up with your thought process about it and don't look at it like like the fan in you wants to look at it. It's like, no, we're here right now. Like we're here right now, Mike. And the source is talking to me, not because of me and you, but because of how many people have come in here and shown him love. Yeah. And so this is one of the places where the things that are really dictating the pace and the discord can get discussed properly. And hopefully you all will funnel this out properly. You get what I'm saying? It's not the castigate. It's to funnel and get the word out. It's like, no, 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 no. Like we need to be. No, I thought I was hype about it. But it's like, no, 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 I need to be hype about it the way they get hype about it. Right. Right. No, that's cool. Because it's too much of because it's too much of Nas does this for the love. Nas doesn't care about the media. Nas is anti-established. Oh, we already know all of that. Yeah. Let me get to some of these super chats so we can move on to the next topic. To uh non plus with the super chat says Nas should do LA leakers for the rollout. That'll be dope. Again, but if he doesn't. I mean, we just got the music, right? Uh, the DeMont Show says, Coop, they never respected Nas, ever. Nas is the only uh, going to get gonna get respect when he is dead. Now all these dummies are going to come out and talk about him. Yeah, I hate the... It, that, as Jay Short says, 10-4 Koofy hat. Uh, I love the 10-4 Koofy time. I think Lil Nas X was given the name to bury Nas in the algorithm. That ain't even Tim Foy Koofy. I said that when he came out. To be so honest. hold on. So so hold on. The opposite is going on. That's what I'm saying. So do you want to know what his biggest stream has probably been the last two years? Oh, don't even say it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Again, I don't trust these say- streams. Hold, hold on, listen, this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm here, Mike. The stuff that, that the core fan base is saying, like the Lil Nas X remix, oh, no, 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 that's the stuff that's winning for him. And so if you don't want to see him do that, maybe you need to be listening to what I'm saying with a different ear and be support. Do you see why I'm saying support? It's because y'all are saying it's like when he does that, it's like, oh, why he do that? It's like, oh, no, 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 that one for him more than Magic did. Listen to what I'm saying. That one song, one more for him, than Magic did. Has in one song beat an entire album. And so what I'm saying is, is, is that let's bring some balance to it. Why, why can't there be some balance? Because here's the thing. If Magic does better, not, not Magic per se, but if records like that get the streams and the support that they deserve, well, he doesn't feel the need to step over there and do that. And now you don't have the issue that you have. You see, we can all be helping each other and making this all so simple. <laughs> Andre Shashir says, uh, what up, fellas? Magic might be his top three, in my humble opinion. I can't stop listening to it. 
I mean, but again, Coop, it's like, that's if you trust the numbers. It's so hard for me to believe that that, I, I don't hear anybody playing that record. But again, I, I don't know. Again, conspiracy. Okay, okay so it's like, how about this? How about this? Do you trust the numbers that the Lil Nas X remix did? Because those numbers were really No, that's big. what I'm talking about. Okay, I, so so this is what I'm trying to say. I don't Mike, hear nobody playing that record. Hold, hold on. You're missing what I'm saying, though, Mike. Either way you want to toss it, there's a problem. That's what people are missing. You feel what I'm saying? So we can talk about the problem on a musical level of saying, well, that hardcore boom bap stuff, the stuff with Prane, well, you're not gravitating towards it like you should to make it viable enough to keep doing. So he does a little Nas X record. And what you're telling me is, is that like, well, I don't know if that frame record is really doing the numbers that it should. Right. Right. Is that right? What I'm saying is it matters who's listening to what record. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, no, no, no. But, but, but what I'm telling you is, is that that that's what makes streaming tricky. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Listen, you're an artist. You're the main artist for your label that you have a stake in and you're running a business. That is the song that people love and that people that are telling you that they want to make. But people aren't gravitating towards it enough for it to make sense. And so you do this record and what this record over here does is recoup what you didn't make over here on this record. And so a couple things either need to happen. Either people need to support this record over here more so that that record doesn't get made. Or people need to be more understanding and considerate and rock with that vibe more when that record gets made understand and understand why that record's getting made. Do you understand what I understand I'm saying? That. Now, maybe I'm not framing this properly enough, but that is essentially what's going on. The record that you want him to make isn't moving. And so it's making him make other moves. And then people complain about those moves. And it's like, well, if you would move that record more over here, maybe that move doesn't get made and we can all be a little bit more happy. Or like I don't you said, think just a be understanding. I can viably see that, Mike, because I've been watching it happen. And so have you from somebody that's been doing the streams and the numbers mm-hmm. for according to hip hop. LP with the Super Chat says, streaming algos uh, changed. Uh, numbers not the same no more. Uh, let's see. We got um, Donnell says, uh, shout out to Coop for calling the release date. I was all over Twitter letting people know. KD3111122. Nas needs uh, the J fans that refuse to listen. <laughs> The J fans no, are going to be on, Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, no, no, no. I got, I, I like, old Bald, Baldy and Miss Mo, like, I, I love y'all, but it's like, y'all are wrong. And I'm just going to, like, call you out and tell you. Yasin wasn't making these points. You want to know why Yasin wasn't making these points? First of all, Nas has done more work in the last five years than Yasin has done in his career. And it's all been available to the public. And so it's not the same conversation. This is what I'm talking about with people. He said Coop was hating on Yasin when he made these points. Yasin wasn't making these points. You don't like Mike, how you get no fear of time again? I don't want to derail the conversation. We got a lot That's of super chats. No, 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 you get, get what to. I'm saying? It's like I'm trying to really get people to listen, and we have some core followers in this chat. You. You feel me? That's like, no, this is this is part of the discord and the disconnect is the response from some of the core fan base. It's like, oh, what you trying to say? We can't ask him to make Illmatic tracks. It's like, no, but if you ask for it, you need to support it and act like you act like it. You get what I'm saying? And not just in the sense of copying it and pulling up to the show, but like be playing it. 
Jay Short with the matter, super chat it's says, uh, "Business, it's a business, it, Mike. It's called the music business." <laughs> I hear you. Jay Short said, "Is it time for Nas to pull a Prince, pull his music and content from streaming and YouTube, and set up his own subscription service?" That's probably going to be the next move. Well, I mean, he's independent, so he has a right to do this. But that's what I'm saying. Well, the difference between him and somebody else is that, well, all of this is for mass consumption. He's making it available for you for every platform to pick up with ease and at ease. So to compare him to somebody that's not affording you those options and those I don't even want to talk about them. It's draining. Right. Because, again, we're at this, right, we're at this point we're at this point where people are such fans of folks, no one's even going to listen to logic. So I don't even want to talk right. about it. Right. It's like it didn't even make sense. Uh, that's why I'm saying, you know, I respect old Baldy and his comments. That's why it's like, <laughs> for him to pull up and say that, it's like, oh, fam, not you. Like, don't do that today. King says, uh, Galvin, uh, from the art album, review win. We got to get to that, man. We be having so much on, on tap. We are already like, what, two and a half hours in and we hadn't even gotten to the third part of the show. 007 says anti-establishment, black unity, uh, heightened awareness. I'll keep it simple. Nas music doesn't create a consistent paper trail, which is consistent exploitation of our people. They can't have Nas glorified. I'm with 007 on that one. It seems like it's a, it's can, a concerted I, I actually, effort actually, based on who I you can, are. I mean, it's like you know, I've been seeing, and we're about to get to the next topic. I heard Flex say something along the lines of Kanye West is the worst human being to ever walk the earth type stuff. And it's like, okay, it, you if you don't agree with somebody, fine. But we got Jeffrey Dahmer's out here. We got all kind of people who walk this earth, right? And... We're okay with so many negative things that have been put out in our culture that have perpetuated more terrible stuff in our culture. And this one guy that everybody is going so crazy over has never done that in his craft. And it's like, it's wild to me that we could just totally look over those things. We're so numb to the terrible content sometimes that hip-hop music brings that I don't even think people are listening anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw Ebro Ebro put out this... Explain what you mean. Ebro put out this tweet talking about Eminem would never. But I'm like, but he made Kim. He did. Imagine... And you know what? Since we're speaking about Kim, imagine if Ye put out a record where he was talking about Kardashian in that same way Eminem made Kim and he's sitting here riding with, with North, he would be the worst person on earth, right? Hold on. So listen <laughs> to this. So let's juxtapose it real quick because this is what I was saying the part about the transition of talking about all three of these guys. Imagine if Nas were to speak about his ex and their stuff would be on public yeah. glass the way yay is you feel what i'm saying that's why and so and so because he won't do that hold on hold on listen what i'm saying because he won't do that they don't want to talk to him or imagine imagine if nas spoke about khalees in the way that m speaks about kim imagine that right imagine that right like imagine that imagine that and these people have the nerve imagine if there was even a trace (laughs) of a bar like that exactly a whole fucking song on the second highest selling 
hip-hop album of all time, and people act like this doesn't exist. And I'm not sitting here, you know, I'm going to get on this Eminem diatribe, but the fact that Ebro has the nerve to say Eminem would never, like, this motherfucker's the most upstanding content hip-hop citizen ever is wild to me. You're talking about a man who made Jesus Walks, and you're talking about a man who made Kim. And we're sitting here holding one up like he's an angel and the other one's the devil. What are we doing, man? And so let's go back. So, you know, part of, um, you know, the issue here with um, with Nas is it's, it's a respect thing is what yeah. I'm saying. And his fan base knows, and this is what I'm saying, his fan base knows that he's not getting the respect and the, and the love that he deserves from the media. And so, well, I'm here to share the information so that now that the fan base maybe understands a little bit more how this game truly, truly works for him. Yeah. Right. And I said like, all that to say the people who do get glorified. Like, like, think about this. Like, 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 like KD3 is on the way. Like he obviously loves the fans because in the last two years, he spent his money to make four projects, including one at the drop of a dime in a week, specifically for the Illmatic type consumer. He made an album for Illmatic fans. How many name? Now tell me that Snoop is going to wake up one day or Jay is going to wake up one day and say, I'm going to make a reasonable doubt or doggy style type of album. Well, Snoop my could do that. Fan base. I can see Snoop. Right now. Yeah, I can see, I can Snoop, see Snoop doing that. Do and Snoop's see trying Snoop to do it. that, actually. Hold on. Yeah. Now, now, hold on. There's that that, que- that that question is rhetorical, but it's also twofold, Mike. Who executing? But I'm saying Snoop's trying to do that. That's why he's trying to get. Oh, he would try, but yeah. Mike, the execution of magic, like like when the source told me that that was like intentional, I was like, oh god, like he's the greatest MC of all time. Like he intentionally made an album like that, as in he can make, as in he can lyrically be that intentional whenever he feels like it. And I so brought all that up to say. Magic. I brought all that up to say. Yes, it's interesting who the mainstream media from hip-hop tends to glorify. And when you look into the content that they put out there, it could be considered dangerous. The people who have uplifting content, and I think the perfect example is Tupac. You were just talking about the energies of Machiavelli and uh, All Eyes on Me. They like to portray a certain image of Tupac that only lasted literally for a year and a half of his career. That's the Tupac that we're remembered of. Yeah, not, not even, even. Not even. Not even. Like the not last nine months. the last nine to ten months of his life is what they portray as the image of Tupac. Now, now and that's what I'm saying. So if the power is in the people, well, what I'm telling you, well, that's why I'm not about the whole Machiavelli as high as me against the world or all eyes on me. Because yeah. it's like like no, that's not how we're gonna audit these spaces because you're not gonna tell me that to pimp a butterfly and it takes a nation of millions is what they are because of of things like that and tell me that that album is the fight like it's great don't get me wrong but there are things about it that detract from it if we have an overall mission statement about who we are supposed to be in this hip hop culture and if he is going to be at the forefront. Of one of our, as one of our faces, that is not the album I'm about to parade around. How about that? Charlemagne said that uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is the most important hip hop album of all time. He said that we might not understand that now, but in five years we will. And um, 
it's the most important hip hop album of all time. I want to ask you what you think about that. I'll give my thoughts, but. I just don't agree. It's not even his most important album. I really like we can keep it short and keep it sweet. I don't agree. It's not even his best hip hop album. It's not his most important. It's not a good album. Like, Again, I don't, really know what else I don't agree with the approach. I would have. This is the thing. When you make statements like that, you started off with, in my opinion, <laughs> it could be or one of the whatever, whatever. You're telling us that Mr. Morale is the most important hip-hop album of all time. You will understand at a later date. You clearly don't understand this now. It's like, what? First of all, explain to me how it's more important than it takes the nation of millions to hold us back. I see, that's why people who make these statements on these quote-unquote large platforms that blew up off of gossip, they need to stick with what they're good at. You're good at the gossip shit. You're out of touch with the music shit. You just are. You don't want to have a conversation with people about the music. You clearly don't want to have a conversation with artists about the actual music. So statements like that are null and void. They're out of touch. And, you know, I know that it's not going to help the album. I'll put it that way. Your word's not going to help that album get to where it needs to get to. That's that's the thing. It's that <laughs> I'm on like, one now. Like, I'm this, sorry. This isn't even. I don't know. Sometimes I just I'll be wanting to say like what I really feel and what I really think. And you know, like sometimes with some of these guys, this there's a care level. It's almost like you know. Um, I wish I could see how much people care about this because this is what I mean. Like part of the reason why I even felt comfortable pulling up and sharing some of the stuff that the source shared with me is because, well, I mean, it's hard not to back him when I hear stuff like, well, he had did a verse for Cormega's album, like, and then he listened to Cormega's album. He's like, oh, Mega's really going in. I got to give Mega something better. And then, and then he, he promoted went, it. Like, l- let me finish. Right. And I want you to speak to that. Well, Mike, he went back and redid the verse. The source told me it's like that verse that you're hearing that everybody's raving about took three minutes to do for him. I mean, the best to ever do it. And then and then and then he went out and supported another independent artist project. Exactly. You know, we I, and, and, I, like, and I say this every single time. It, it first stood out to me when he promoted Doa Die too. Yep. And same this thing is with one, Megan. Megan getting the same treatment A got last year. This is the one thing you never see major artists, whether they're major or independent at that point, supporting or promoting, I would say, promoting other independent artists. You just don't see that. The big guys don't really do that. And to see Nas doing stuff like that, man, that really means a lot. And that's, that's love, what I mean. Once again. On every on He's got everything covered on every level. Don't, 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 don't. If you think that's what I'm saying, it's like, I was like, I was like, there's only one base that's not covered. Yeah. Uh, 36 so let's chambers. cover the base. Like, like, so let's cover the base before he's gone. If you're part of the base, that's all, you know, like there ain't nothing wrong with that. It's like, we, we have all this goat talk about him. It's like, well, let's cover this last base. That's really all, the people that's, are that's really that. the overall vibe that I got from the source. Like those are thinking the source is a valid source is super valid and was just in the studio with him the other night. You know what I'm saying? Like 
36 Chambers says, uh, looking forward to the Liz 2 Friday. Yes, I am too. And, I, and I've been very vocal about the fact I'm really anticipating this effort. Didn't really love the record with uh, Kodak Black like that. But, you know, we'll see. Um, let me get to the rest of these Super Chats so we can kind of move on and close out. Uncle Fram says, uh, Miss Mo, Jay-Z fan, Jay fans, Jay's fans, excuse me, always show love and respect for Nas. Please stop. You guys are great about that, man. Hip hop, we're all hip hop fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we're, we're Jay fans too. We're hip hop fans right. Yeah. Like, yeah, we I mean we speak like just because we're saying Nas is the greatest MC of all time does not mean that we cannot pull up on Friday and speak glowingly about Jay and wax poetic about him. It's I hope like, he's on KD three. I really do. Right. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but but all, all due respect, it's like, well, that man hasn't made an album in years. And it's like KD3 is on the way. It's like, who cares right now? With you, you, yeah. Not like in a shady way, but like in a, did you hear KD1, KD2 and Magic? Aren't you excited, Mike? Like as a hip hop fan and listener, aren't you genuinely excited? Yes, I am. I mean, Magic right. got me excited. So it is what it is. Right. Danielle says, Coop didn't even react to my super chat. LOL. They try to get reactions from you. Um, no, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in a place to be honest with you. A lot of this information pissed me off, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I feel it's like, oh, I was like, I didn't know all this was even going on. It's like, uh, it's like, you know, it's remember when you were saying, um, about how we feel about how it's like the day is going on and it's this, 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 that, and then here, da, da, and then I get here yep. and it's like, I think that's how he feels about the music. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I understand. It's like, yeah, all this is going on. Just get me to my comfort zone. Get me to my space. Get me to my home. And he is literally paying out of pocket to give us his home. It's like, we can pay it back a little bit. Yeah. Like, we know the media is not behind him. We're his media. You're right. Lucian, right. son of Africa, says, Hip-hop is mainstream now, and Nas is not allowed to be the flagship of a corporate media. I think people get it, and I, that's the notion I'm getting as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, people who like, are like in the mainstream is, media, like, they're not music people. and like This is what I'm saying. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm done with all the Super Chats, by the way. <laughs> good. Do you see the way Eminem fans pull up in this chat without mercy, regardless mm -hmm. of the rhetoric. No, you're right. Do you see how two of our biggest followers are Jay-Z fans more than Nas fans, but regularly pull up on us and comment regularly? Leroy Green is our most frequent commentator on our Patreon show. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what I'm talking about because I see other fan bases giving out a certain level of energy that when the source says certain things to me, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Match that energy because it's there. The fan base is there. No, no, no. Match the energy. There's nothing wrong with asking your fan base to match the energy of the other icons fan bases, is it? Uh, listen, I, is he I not have an no icon? Is he not still the GOAT to you? Are you not excited about KD3? Then show it the way the other artists and icons fan bases do instead of pulling up after you get released oh i don't know about hit boy i want to hear preem shut up say <laughs> that know. shit after you hear, hold on hold on say that shit if kd3 is a dud and we give it a three out of five then be like man i want some preem but if this shit sounds like what he's been making shut up i ride for Let michael jackson i ride rock I ride for Michael Jackson. It, it, Everybody it, it, it knows that. Talk, like, like some of the old school dudes is like, no, they need to relax. Enjoy you some brunch on Sunday. Mike, I like brunch on Sunday. 
Again, I'll be playing man. brunch on Sunday on Sunday when I be riding. Yeah, dude. I ride record. for Michael Jackson, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Whatever he very was. Re- uh, very relaxing record. I was supporting. Uh, Jay Short with the Super Chat says. Cool. Let me get to these Super Chats. Jay Short says, why haven't the uh, New Yorkers gotten Flex and Ebro out of the paint? It's a good question. But you know what I'm going to say? I-, I think Ebro does a really good job. Even though I disagree with a lot of things and his approaches sometimes. I mean, he's a company man. I don't understand this whole this breakfast club thing's gotta go man i'm sorry man like from a music from a music standpoint because it's like you know it's cool it's entertaining or whatever whatever but as far as being uh being a person about the music or whatever like that show's just not that i remember i watched breakfast club early like you know when they first got going and I just remember Charlemagne always saying, I can't wait to sell out. That means somebody bought in. And ever since then, it's like, I can't take anything he says seriously. And when he makes such definitive statements, like Mr. Morale is the most important hip hop album of all time. It's like, well, you know, if Pepsi paid you to say it's better than Coke, you would say that. Right? You order Diet Coke. That's a joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> Roar son, Roaring Son, excuse me, says, great show. I've noticed how many, if not all, of Nas's albums have been compared to Illmatic. Has the source talked about whether Nas notices that? That's part of why we're here. That's part of how, part of, like, that's why I keep bringing up magic. Magic is the response to that. And so for all those people that were clamoring for it, it's like, oh, well, Magic should have done crazy numbers for all of y'all that, that hold Illmatic as the Holy Grail. Am I wrong? Like if you remake, if you remake the Holy Grail or, or a comparable affixation to it, it's like, shouldn't people flock to it more than how it got flocked to? And I get that's why I'm saying I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I get what you're saying. No, doing 22,000 on December 24th. Mm-hmm. No promotion, no marketing. No, no. Solid. Now let's place it in relationship. Who is this we're talking about? Oh, well, that's Nas. Oh, well, that's a 10 in terms of your rap artist stature. All right. It's like, how's the album sound? Up oh, once up. Hold on. Let's go all the way back to the top again. 10. Okay. It's like, what the sales look like? Two. What did KD1 like, do to Oh, hold on. Listen. It's like the sales are like two. And it's like, you want somebody that's operating on 10s with the music and has an artist and has an icon to accept the two. And it's like, who, who are you asking to accept that? Mike, we don't accept certain things that are according to hip hop. What did KD1 do the first week? Oh, I don't I don't recall offhand, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I'd have to pull it up. I, I didn't even pull up KD1's that. numbers. Uh man there with the super chat says a J feature is not needed, Mike. On to the next one. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. We can go on to the next subject if you're ready. Forty seven thousand. So 47. KD2 did. So KD two did more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yorel says, Nas Hip Hop is dead. Uh, Payola, False News, N-Word, Web3 Music. Nas has been always a thorn to the industry and the media. Makes sense. Right. Speaking of which, I think that's a good transition on to the next guy. You know who else has been a thorn to the media as of late? Mr. Ye is all over the place. He's been a thorn Um, to everybody, Mike. (laughs) Right. And so... There's so many places we can go with his Drink Champs uh, interview. But you know what? Let's just start here. What did you think about the interview overall? It's not as good as the first one. Okay. 
It's immediate thoughts. Immediate thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I think that there I'm was a lot of good information in there. I think that um, it was overshadowed by, you know, some things that just shouldn't have been said, you know, things that were out of place, misspoke. You know, somebody, um, somebody brought up a good point to me. They said that, you know, the George Floyd comment, right? Somebody mm-hmm. brought up the fact that they said he's still saying the cop killed him. He's just deferring on how it was done. He said they hit him with the fentanyl. And I was like, I never really thought about it in that in those terms. Obviously, all of it's still inappropriate. But it's it's a it's a way that the media is actually spinning it and not trying to find any kind of way to to add some level of context to what was said. You know what I mean? It real it reminds me of um it's very debaby like in a sense where it's like you're really saying things that actually weren't said but more so implied. Am I off base here? You're not off base. Mike, somebody's off base, though. What's that? I mean, how did we get here with him? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a root cause. It's a whirlwind. Huh? That's a whirlwind, definitely. Yeah. Do you yeah. think, though, I mean, because we've seen what kind of week that he had leading up to the Drink Champs interview. Do you think that the interview was used for rating purposes. I mean, let's just be real. Um, because it seemed like, and we're talking about Nori and, you know, him apologizing at this point. What did you think about, you know, Nori's apology and I guess everything in context to the actual interview? What did you think about that? I think he's in a dangerous place, Mike. I'm going to tell you something. Mm -hmm. It's not too often that I begin to see a man and I begin to fear for his life. You feel what I'm saying? Like, by where the things that he says, it starts to make me wonder. Like, there's the mental health aspect of it that he's discussed, but... This is a black man saying a lot of things, quite frankly, you know, Mike, that to entities and establishments are very, very dangerous. And it seems like anytime we have somebody speak out in that manner, whether it be musically somebody like a Prince or Michael Jackson or Ray Charles, James Brown, or politically or activism wise with the Marcus Garvey or, um, Malcolm Martin, it's just, it makes you worry. And it's like, and this is why I'm worried. It's like, what's, what's your end cause and your goal by saying all of this? What's the direction? What's the vision? What's the purpose? What's your soliloquy? What's your elevator speech, your mission statement? Because it all appears to be so loosely placed together that it is tough to piece it all together, to support you. Listening to the interview, right? it sounds like, to answer your question as far as what's the end game, he made it a point to say that 
for every black entertainer or, you know, uh, athlete, whatever, they have, you know, somebody from the J squad that is on their contract, right? And I think that, you know, his mission in that sense was, you know, to change those things in a way where, you know, either we should be able to, or, you know, black people should be able to have folks from the J squad under contract as well, or, you know, build up to the point where we're on each other's contracts without any of that involvement on every single thing. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Is just it's too much. It's too much, but yes. Let me get okay. to these super chats real quick. Mad Max says, "Mike, no, Ebro is trash, and uh, New York has been trying to get these guys out. They bought and paid for. Well, why can't once again? This is similar to the conversation that Kanye's having or Ye's having. Why can't New York get them out? It's the people, right?" <laughs> Okay, so let's so let's go so let's go into some of Kanye's like where the money train follows diatribe. Okay. Okay. Why do you think Nas's source shared information with us? So there is some connective thread to it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So Ye's not wrong with some of the dots, like like that that whole who has the money and controls the narrative of who says what. Well, that's part of the reason why Nas's sources are willing to share information with us because they kind of want to start gauging the temperature of other outlets that they know aren't controlled monetarily by certain factions, Mike. Yeah. Correct or not? Correct. And let me ask now, you this. we are this. actually a Sit- Black-owned institution that is actually Black-owned. And, and so... Is, it is for the people. And it's run, ran by the people. Um, You know, let me ask you this, since you're speaking to the artists. Why do you think... Andre 3000 doesn't put out music. Why do you think Lauren Hill doesn't put out music? You know what I'm saying? Do you think that these people work this hard to get to a certain point and get to a certain level and they love music and then they just stop? I think there's some things here when it comes to lack of, you know, it's contracts. Let's just keep it real, you know, without being long and drawn out. Well, see, but this is what I'm saying. So I want all the people who were in here saying like that wasn't like in like the money talk coming, you know, I guess from the source. It's like, well, understand this. Everybody else's talk is a money talk too, even if you don't recognize it. Like well, the whole Andre and Lauren yeah. not recording, that's money talk. Yeah. They got okay? a business to to run. Correct. Lauren's and so not that's out what here doing these shows only, for free. Only Nas, only Nas gets audited on this circumstance. It's like, oh no, don't talk about money and sales and numbers when it comes to him. It's like, no, we playing this game with everybody else. Like, what? What did what's his name say? Only dudes moving units. M. Juice and us. When he says it, it's flying. It's okay. But if Nas's source tells me like, hey, like. We just wanted to reflect. Not we got to blow people out of the box, but we wanted to reflect. It's like, no, no, no. I don't like how the source is talking. It's like, are y'all crazy? Like, (laughs) are y'all crazy? Like, I don't even believe some of the stuff that I've read in this chat today, Mike. Mad Max in the super chat. Like, from some of our most notable followers, like, it's a joke. It's like, no, guys, this ain't no podcast, like, where we're pulling up with false information. 
This is viable shit going on. And the way that they are dismissing it is the shit that Nas's camp and Ye is talking about in this interview. Look at like how we behave about these circumstances. That's like fair. I'm irate right now, Mike. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, uh, they got C <laughs> C the Devil and Ebro running New York radio, and they not even from here. That's why we turned them off to uh two bozos. I'm only checking for MCs on Flex. That's real. Because you know what? That's Hold one on. thing. And you know what? Atlanta has started to do this. And I got love for Tigger. Tigger is a legend. But it's like a part of me as a person homegrown, born and raised in Atlanta, I don't love it. And not to mention with the whole Falcons theme song and stuff with the uh, routine thing. It's like, I don't love it. I don't. And, and so I can feel your pain with the fact that, you know, you got Ebro and Charlemagne out there running New York radio and New York is not supporting that. I dig it. Uh, Kendall Outlaw with the Super Chat says $6 billion and it appears that he's living in misery. Um, Yarell says, yay, LOL. He, he does make good points. You can't be anti-Semitic as the word, as the word is rooted to Afro uh, in theology sense that that they define themselves. LOL. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Um, Mad Max also says here, saw the interview. Yay, clearly um, subsidized by the Republican Party. He is just regurgitating Republican rhetoric. Now his comments on um, what is this uh, flyer uh, and oh. Floyd in the tour in the Torah community. <laughs> I'm just gonna say there's truth in Babel. Think he's talking about uh, the J guys. We got 36 Chambers says Ye had a, a follow up video recording where he understood why Nori apologized, but he doubled down and said that the media is taking a lot out of context. Uh, Mad Max also says, uh, why are we fearful? Ye didn't lie about those people, um, the impersonators, who say that they follow the Torah, they they mafia-own hip-hop and extort rappers. It's fact. Uh, I think that this is the thing, Mad Max. A lot of people... Nori, what happened was really, and this is what Ye seemed to say in his response about Nori apologizing. I think Nori jumped into something that was, that was too big for him. Um, I think my only issue is the fact that it didn't come across as honest when he talked about how hurt he was about the George Floyd comments. Uh, because I remember Sunday when this thing was airing, Nori was on Twitter talking about that this um, broadcast is bigger than, this, in, than you know Sunday football. Um, I think that is even when we talk and when we do our lives, if there's something that we discussed or if we had somebody on the interview that said something that was out of pocket or that we felt wouldn't go well or we felt the way about it, we're live. It's different. This wasn't live. Could have easily went mm-hmm. back and edited that stuff out if that hurt you to that degree of what you're saying when you got on Hot 97 and apologized and when you got on the Breakfast Club and apologize. Now, not saying that, not saying that the apology is wrong, 
it just doesn't seem truthful that you were as hurt as you said you were. You know what I'm saying? Because if that were the case, we never would have even heard that section. So that part of it's problematic, and I think that is really... We're in an era now, media-wise, and from a social media standpoint, you can't lie to the people. And when you lie to the people, and the people catch you in a lie like that, it does hurt the brand. And I'm sure people will still watch Drink Champs. And another part that I didn't love that he said on The Breakfast Club either. He said, this is Drink Champs, not Think Champs. And it's like, okay. So now we're just going to play dumb when we got serious topics on the table? You knew who you were inviting. You knew what he was on. What he was talking. You know what time it was. You know what I'm saying? Like... Is it just going to be a platform now where people just drink, be merry, and crack jokes and, you know, pick this rapper, that rapper? If that is, if that's what it is, cool. Stay in your lane, I guess. You know what I'm saying? It's a shift. It's a shift. I don't it's know. all messy. Like, that whole situation, like, the whole situation, because it's like, I mean... I've gone off the handle a few times on here, I think. Pretty certain you've edited some of those comments. Mike, you've I made have. comments a time or two. I'm sure I have. You, no, I know because I've watched you go back and edit them. It's like, hold on, where's that part where Mike, Mike said such and such and be gone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, no, Mike, I very vividly remember Mike saying, be like, no, I ain't going to say nothing because, you're, well, you're auditing our audience and the situations and the circumstances of it and understanding that well, what we do here, you know, until today, apparently, is credible journalistic work that doesn't get questioned too much until I actually come with a source and get questioned <laughs> by people in here. You know, it's been credible to the point that I got a source. This shit crazy. Um, but we actually do credible journalistic work, and it's fair and unbinding. And part of keeping it fair and unbinding is taking out the shit that seems like it's skewed in one direction or another if we fall that way, because in the course of going live, your personal feelings and emotions can take over. Exactly. And especially, even on top of that, to piggyback on that, you have to take out certain things that could be spun a certain way as well. Because even with that that, um, diatribe that Ye was on, that wasn't even a topic of the conversation. He was actually trying to build his point about Virgil from that. So that could have easily what, been cut that, out. That, okay, so Mike, that's the troubling part about all this and even the framework of the environment. I'm going to say this again. If you were to just take a normal individual, all right, and one of their best friends died, okay, and they got separated from their wife and their kids, and all of this stuff plays out for public consumption, you're going to be surprised when that person says something controversial. Yeah. This is after they already have a, a history, history. <laughs> of, of saying controversial things, Mike, and having mental health issues before the friend dying in the divorce and being separated from your kids. The person was known for saying controversial things and having mental health issues. And you were expecting what? And it appears that it was being used for ratings on top of that. And then, you know, what I don't like, it appears that after all this goes down, you just jump ship. I was drunk. What? 
I don't like that. You know, because really, don't like the, I, don't, I don't like the built-in drink champs excuse of I was drunk. It I almost feels like that's already the built-in excuse if we ever get some shit to go down on our platform. It feels like it's like the precipice of how they created that format to say, oh, well, if they mess up and say it here, exactly. we can literally blame it on the alcohol, blame exactly. it on the weed. You know, right. I, I'm going to be real, man. And, you know, as a, as a person who has had um, alcoholism in my family, I didn't like when they had Lamar Odom on there, who was a recovering addict, and had this man <laughs> drinking on there. I, I'm not going to lie. I lost a lot of respect for the platform that day. You know what I'm saying? I did. And I, I haven't really been watching it as much since unless somebody like Pharrell or Ye or somebody like that gets on there. But this right here, man, it's like, it didn't even have to be handled like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, just say you messed up. Say you went out there and was like, you know, we really was out here trying to, you know, have a provocative interview and get our ratings up or whatever. And it went wrong. And for that, I apologize. But to sit here and act like you were so hurt by this, this, and this, that could have easily been edited out. An interview that clearly wasn't even recorded in that day or live or anything. It's just dishonest. It is. And I got love for Nori, and I'm just being real. I mean, if if I don't say it like this, you know, everybody knows that we just keep it real. And I'm sure the fans feel the same way. Oh man, with the super chat says, peace. Nori should have never apologized. If he's a journalist, then he has to take a hit that comes with it. Gail King never apologized. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Gail King. Oprah Winfrey has never apologized for her hit piece on Michael Jackson. Ever. And this is somebody who the Jackson family welcomed into their home after Michael's passing. Michael's mm-hmm. interview that he did with Oprah Winfrey took her career to new heights. She has never apologized for that hit piece that was on him 10 years after his death. So, yes, you're right. Maybe Nori should have stood somewhat firm with somebody that he made a decision to come in and interview, and they already had a disclaimer before it. What are we doing, man? Like, that's not a good look, man. When cloud chasing goes wrong is what it appears to be. (laughs) Mad Max says, I'm not scared for Kanye. Um, Once you watch the interview, you can tell that Ye was scared sticking to his talking points he's controlled opposition uh he's too too valuable um Urell says uh did y'all see when they um brought in steve rifkin near the end of the interview yes no i missed that because the interview got taken down while i was in the middle of finishing well this is what yay did steve rifkin came in and yay is like what does rifkin have to do with any of this it's proving his point. I think Steve was trying to stay in the back. Yeah, he's like, no, come on, Steve. You're one of my favorite people. Brought him on camera. Hugged him out or whatever, and this and that, and told him to sit down and wanted to stay and talk. But Steve's like, no, nah, man, I got a flight to catch or whatever, and left. So I guess he thought he was going to be a fly on the wall, and Gay was like, no, nah, come on. I want people to see this. <laughs> LP with the super chat says um, anybody who leans one way politically is being uh, disingenuous to real free thinking. No way an apolitical person only sees the wrong 
in direction. Uh, 36 Chambers also says drink champs is uh, bad for the culture because it glorifies being sloppy and spreading gossip. It takes away from the music in some cases. Hmm. Well, I think we can end on that point. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I don't even know. There's so much to unpack here, but I'll say this. Okay, so here's the thing about you gotta it. You got to stand like, on your content. That's it. That's it. You just got to stand on your listen, content. Listen, though. It's like you can't. It's so problematic, Mike. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know if to start with Nori's problematic side or Ye's problematic side. Um, like, well, let's talk about journalism. So let's talk about the Nori side of things because I keep hearing people, all day today. That ain't been working. I just keep hearing people saying stuff like, "Well, why you give a certain person a platform?" Blah blah blah. But with that attitude, we never would have seen uh, Minister Farrakhan on Donahue. Never. And, you know, I got to applaud people for, like Kanye said, or like Ye said, for actually giving a platform. But you didn't have Donahue out here apologizing for bringing the KKK on his show. That You know what I'm saying? Like, he gave them a platform. He interviewed them. And no, that's what it was. A, what's the other Farrakhan interview that we talked about? Uh, Mike Wallace. Yeah, the Mike Wallace interview. And what did I tell you? It's like... What other journalist of that level was about to get Farrakhan an interview? That's exactly. why I've always given Mike Wallace credit for doing that interview, exactly. even though I don't feel like some of the rhetoric and the discourse was appropriate. I was literally just trying to frame it to get people to understand who the hell else, what other journalist is giving Farrakhan this type of audience? Like, do you know what type of audience Mike Wallace draws in? Like, from his demographic as a journalist? You get what I'm saying? And so when people miss, like, like these parts of things that exist, it, like, it, it, all, it all just gets lost. But this is the thing. When you invite somebody of that magnitude or somebody like a, a, a Farrakhan or even the KKK or or um, um, uh, Khalid Muhammad, you better be ready to be a journalist. You can't be sitting there sloppy drunk when you're talking to one of the more polarizing figures of this era. You know what I'm See, saying? This this is well, this literally is what I mean about, you know, about our I, journalistic intent. Yeah. Well, so, well, let's connect all of these things again. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to Ice Cube's sellout tweet to start this show about how he got labeled by certain factions and fractions. Let's go to the Nas media slander. And now let's go to Nori bringing Ye on. Journalistic integrity has something to do with all three of these things. That's why I wanted to talk about all three of these things, because I have a source that is giving me viable information and my journalistic integrity is to share the things that the source is comfortable sharing on a platform where they feel like it's going to be fair and unbiased. OK, right. so the same reason the source is coming here is the same way. In the same rationale for Ye going to drink champs. This source isn't going to skew me like the other sources are. And so even if you don't agree with Kanye, well, he got skewed from a source he trusted. He did. 
That's how Nas's source ended up talking to me and sharing the things that she shared because it's been too many people doing that. So Noriega, in that regard, is no different than the media that has slayed his homeboy Nas many a time. You're right. With that type of lack of journalistic integrity. This is why I wanted to share all these things again. It all ties in, Mike, in the media, in the market, and the journalistic integrity has something to do with it. The next time I pull up in this space, I better not see people that are dedicated to this chat question in my source anymore. Like, period. Well, you know, we wouldn't lie to the people, you know, at the end of right. the day. Right. We wouldn't lie to the people. When you question in the source, you are thereby questioning me because the source is speaking to me. So you're telling me that I'm not talking to a verified person? Well, so now you're questioning me as a journalist because that comes back on me as a journalist when our, people from our fan base are saying that my source is incredible. Do you understand how foolish and ridiculous you sound right now? Well, you know, like it, you've been pulling up on us faithfully and you get, you know, you don't get to do that because you're taking you. away from the hard work that I just put in, yeah. in a matter of moments. You are taking all of my hard work away with your rhetoric. That's what Ye was talking about. Yeah. And you it's know what? Be I to think see what they do with this, Mike. Didn't it, he say that? I was just about to say it was very interesting. Towards the end of the interview, he said, "I can't wait to see how y'all edit this." Letting everybody know there should be an editing process here. So you guys just put this thing out, huh? You know who you're talking to. You know what right. y'all covered. You know what right. y'all have covered. Go back and do the work and actually. Edit this thing properly so that all of the good stuff that was in there, which was a whole lot, I would say at least 95% doesn't get lost in the little BS that could have just been taken out, man. Do the work. No, and then, but no, but not even just saying that, like, yo, to sit there and say, oh man, I was lit. Really, man? Were you lit even after the interview and while you were, uh, no. while you were tweeting during football? Come on, man. So listen, so listen to what I'm saying. <clears throat> we might have some plants in here. I'm sure. Like, you feel me? Like some of the people that are saying they're staunch supporters. You feel me? That's possible, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're here to make it seem like you're a staunch supporter. But when I pull up with this information, you feel what I'm saying? Like, that's how this game goes too, Mike. And so, like, I'm just peeping and auditing everything and it's like y'all give yay credence when nori has to take the video down man. like like you make him valid and so yeah as much as i don't agree with him as much as i don't like the angles the movement the motion it's like well you're not invalidating him with your behavior and your rhetoric on your side because guess what your journalistic integrity is not intact and it feels like it feels like this um george floyd family lawsuit for 250 million doesn't sound like a real lawsuit to me in my opinion because it's it sounds like it's just trying to shut him up because i don't understand how the first thing you're not doing is a doing that same thing to candace owens and her documentary which he was speaking on b revolt who actually aired the inter the interview drink champs whatever like how does all of that get evaded? But the individual no. who made a statement gets hit with 250? Y'all are just trying to make him shut up. Hold on. Hold on. I, I want to scale this back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Listen to what I'm saying. You may not feel like Noriega is a credible journalist. He but is. what I am saying... But no, listen to what I'm saying. Because of how the media 
is going to take Kanye's information. Those people are no, like the people that Kanye normally take, they're not any better, Mike. Like they're better journalists, but they're not more credible right. because they're going to take his information and skew it. Exactly. At least on drink champs, even though Noriega is not what you would say a quote unquote credible journalist, he doesn't have to worry about the skew. And so when Noriega does something like take it down, well, that's the same type of censorship that Ye was trying to avoid by going that route. You know, and so a, there's a so moment I'm very clear on what I'm saying. To piggyback on that, to piggyback on that real quick. There's a moment in sports I'll never forget. You remember when Beast Mode used to never sit there and interview with anybody or whatever? He wouldn't even talk to these folks. Deion Sanders came down there with a microphone. He's like, hey, primetime chopped it up. That's what Nori represents for these artists. That's what Joe Button represents for these artists. They'll sit down and talk to them because those are their peers. You know what right. I'm saying? And when you pull something like this, it's like, really, man? I mean, I know publicly, Ye say, you know, I get it, whatever, whatever. But you think he going to sit down there again? Because at no. the end of the interview, Nori was like, man, you always got an outlet here, drink chance, whatever, whatever. You think he's going to come for part four? No. Jay Short says, everyone, uh, yay, gets shaded by one of these uh, W institutes, uh, goes and gets a Grammy, or invites gets invited to a fashion week. He goes on a tamper, temper tantrum, we're not doing the drive-by pro-black Byron Allen hustle anymore. I get that frustration. Where he's saying that Ye is only black, pulls the black car when convenient. It comes across as that. It comes across as a boy to cry wolf thing. When things get real crazy, then it's like, you know, come help me out. I could see someone feeling that way. Uh, Jay Short says, Conan wouldn't let uh, Bono do that. Uh, Telemundo wouldn't let Bad Bunny do that, but our media isn't built to protect us. It's there, uh, it's there, it's it's there to validate then destroy. Gotcha. <sighs> so, so you don't have to like Kanye because I don't right now. Mm -hmm. But do you know how empowering it is that this video has been taken down? Yeah, it proves everything that he said correct. And everything that he's saying is correct. And Mike, what and is he I talking believe about? He knew this was going to talking happen. about money. Mike, at the end of the day, you know what he's talking? He's talking about money and numbers. The same way Ice Cube and Nas. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what era. It doesn't matter what artist. It doesn't matter how crazy you think they are or may not be. They're playing a certain game where numbers and money equal power. Yeah. Ye knows it. Nas knows it. Ice Cube knows it. It's all about how it gets utilized and played in your favor. The media helps control that narrative. That's what Ye's talking about. That's what Nas's source is talking about. That's what Ice Cube's tweet is talking about. I think Ye knew that they were going to take this down. Oh, I think, yeah. He, I think he knew when he sat like, there. Yeah. He knew. I think he knew he right. knew exactly how this was going to turn out. He was like, they're going to put the pressure on these guys, and these guys are going to fold. He knew that. And then I'm and, and guess what? And I'm gonna be right. And I'm not gonna and look so right. crazy. Now am I? Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, what did he say wrong? What do you want him to do? His delivery like, is like, off. No, no, no. It's like it's like you don't have to like Ye, you don't have to agree with Ye. But what do you want him to do when he can't go to drink champs and speak freely? Right. 
You can't even go on a platform where they just sit there and take shots and talk oh, like, about, think about, it. Think about talk this. about all kind of shit. Talk about all kind of crazy shit, Coop. Right. Get drunk you're, and talk about all kind of crazy this. shit. I'm the person that got deleted. <laughs> you got a room full of people getting drunk and high all the time. And my words are the dangerous thing about this room. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, right? Mm-mm-mm. Let's get up out of here, man. Great show. Uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to Friday, man. We got Jeezy Friday. We got um, Armani Caesar. The Liz 2 is dropping Friday. And I'm sure we're going to have some more updates on some uh, more material, more music. But, yeah, great insight. I mean, we could talk about this stuff all day, man. We appreciate y'all joining us, too. Uh, we, yeah, got a, to, uh, look, we got I'm a super chat from Africa. I'm going to pull back up on my source and see if she watched the show. <laughs> we got a super chat from Africa that says, uh, Ye wants black folks to think for themselves. His mental state is overshadowing his uh, conservative views. You know, again, man, uh, I was listening to Star. Shout out to Star. I know he don't like shout outs. But he said something that was right, man. It's like everybody's on something, man. Like you drink coffee, you know what I'm saying? Take a, you know, take a hit, a smoke, uh, whatever. Like, so to hold that against a person or hold that over his head, it's unfair. Like he told Cuomo, hey. he was like, you work out this morning? <laughs> hey, look here. Just real quick, Mike. Love me more meticulous. I've been reading your comments. I just don't know how to tell you. You're just wrong. Like, like that's it. That's what I mean. It's like I'm done talking because it's like I can't argue with somebody that's just fundamentally wrong and don't see the vision of everything that I just laid out. And when you're sitting up here talking about before I bring you a source, I need to prove myself as credible. It's like, no, I don't. You've been pulling up to this show for two and a half years. That is my credibility. That's part of why the source is able comfortable talking to me because they have seen us talking fairly and honestly. Me and Mike speaking fairly and honestly for two and a half years is yeah, how I got I the source. Yeah, I would hope that us coming that up is here. That is the credibility. And, That's what yeah. I'm saying. And again, you don't the have credibility to... credibility is the fact that me yeah. and Mike have been speaking honestly and truthfully, not just about him, but about all these things. Yeah. I, I am mean, the credibility. I would Mike hope that we put in the work. We didn't just pop... hip-hop. Yeah, I would hope that we put in the work. I, I mean... We didn't just right. Pop that's up what yesterday. I'm saying. No, when when people have been following us, are sitting up here questioning whether my source is valid. It's like I've been valid to you up until today, and all of a sudden I'm not valid. That's wrong, and we don't have anything else really to discuss further. Well, y'all have a good evening. Y'all have a good night.